And we're live. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Friendly Ex-Muslim Podcast. In case you are unaware, we have this podcast available on all your favorite platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, whatnot. Just look up Friendly Ex-Muslim Podcast and you can now go and you can listen to all of the previous episodes. These are all the long-form interviews and discussions and, and topical things that we did on the channel. So you can go there and you can listen to those on your own convenience. Of course, it's also available on YouTube. YouTube is my pl primary platform, but you also have your podcast for easy listening, especially for those of you who don't have YouTube premium. You don't have the ability to listen offline, stuff like that. Um, this is nice and easy to and easy to manage. OK, uh, looks like my voice and my screen is a little bit lagging. Give me one second. I'm going to reload. Okay, and we're back. Okay, seems like there's not much I can do about that. Alrighty, so today I wanted to discuss the age of Aisha. This is a topic that's come about a lot, and it's been in the news recently, and it's it's hot stuff. So what I've what I've done is I've taken the presentation that Abdul Gondal and I did some time ago, which is the scandals of Aisha, and I made some changes to it. So I focusing on the one particular part which is going to be on Aisha's age and we're going to look at alternative <laughs> alternative theories as well as to you know stuff like what her age maybe she wasn't nine maybe she was 19 let's let's look at the evidence let's look at both cases and let's see what makes the most sense so thank you everyone for joining us tonight and uh, let's get started so the background to this live stream. On the 27th May, 2022, Nupur Sharma, who is a spokesperson, a former spokesperson of the BJP party in India, was on TV and basically in response to comments that she thought were derogatory to her Hindu God, said something that many Muslims seemed to take in a derogatory manner. She said something about the age of his wife, one of his wives, Aisha, saying that she was six years, six years old when married and nine when the marriage was consummated. So this is the this is the big news now. There was an uproar on this. I had a live stream on this. Um, whether or not you agree with what she said, uh, this is this is what I'm going to show is this is mainstream Sunni Muslim belief. Shiites, I don't know what they believe, but like for Sunni Muslims, this is main as mainstream as it gets. Now, before we go any further, I forgot to mention this. A big shout out, a big thanks to all of my patrons and all of my supporters, um, mods as well. Thank you so much for keeping this thing going and for the continued support. So there, now that that's out of the way, let's let's. Let's go and see what, what, what I have to say. Okay, so who is Aisha? Aisha is the daughter of Abu Bakr, right? She, who was the first Sunni caliph of Islam. She's the third wife of Muhammad, right? So there was Khadija, Sauda, and then Aisha. She married Muhammad, supposedly, and this we're going to get into, at six years old. 
and Muhammad died when she was 18. So nine years. So just imagine nine years of her life forever changed her life because if this is true, she was married from, I mean, it was consummated at nine and until she was 18. So basically she, the marriage was consummated for nine years. So theoretically married for 12, right? Bef three years before consummation. She narrated a ton of hadith. And as I mentioned, she fought against Ali. So there was some conflict going on as well. So, but that's not, that's not the focus of today's topic. Now, this is an interesting point and something that needs to be discussed when we're talking about this topic, because whenever this topic comes about, there's always a pushback and there's people that'll say that she was not nine because we don't know. We don't know how old she was. Hadith came hundreds of years later. And even I will let, let's, let's, even this comment that even before the stream started says, I will say there's almost no historical evidence for this claim. Only the ahadith that came maybe 300 years after the fact. So far, the oldest hadith manuscripts. Okay, so this is something that keeps coming up over and over again. So this is important. What are we talking? Today, we are talking Sunni. Sunni Islam, Sunni hadith corpus. We're not talking historical Muhammad. Historical Muhammad is something that is probably out of reach of most of us. How would we know if we cannot trust the Hadith literature as to who Muhammad was, then how would we know anything about Muhammad? How would we know anything about his wives? How would we know anything other than what's in the Quran? And the Quran is often quite vague. It's not, there's no details. There's very little detail as to what is actually going on, right? And so you have to, you have to depend on the Sirah, on the Hadith, and on narrations that came later. So in order that we do not, you know, or I do not get straw manned, what we are focusing on is what is accepted by Sunni Muslims, right? And so if someone comes around, someone comes around and says, no, that's not historical. Well, I never claimed it's historical. And in fact, I, I'm happy if you don't agree it's historical. I'm happy if you're willing to say that we don't really know much about Muhammad and let's move on. You know, there's no, Islam has not been preserved then, right? That's the thing. So if that's the case, then great, right? So what age was she? Was she this age or that age? Historically, we don't know. However, from the Hadith, we have some indication. And if you trust the Hadith in any way whatsoever, then there's going to be a mountain load of evidence for you. And then the last question is, was Muhammad a PEDO? I'm not going to say it. This question also is tightly connected and related to the topic. And to me, that word is acronistic, right? To say that it that's a word that didn't exist back then. And frankly, to compare Muhammad to, for example, the FLDS, you know, there's a good Netflix documentary called Keep Sweet, Obey and Pray, something like that, on the FLDS, the fundamentalist, Latter-day, the, basically the fundamentalist sect of the Mormon church, an offshoot, right? And these guys had like 20, 30, 40 wives and, and Warren Jeffs, you know, when he started 
basically mailing children, that's when the FBI and the government clamped down and they, they did something about it, right? Um, so you can see the difference, right? And it appears to me that in Muhammad's case, to be fair, there was only one child bride, right? And that doesn't mean that it's okay what he did. It's, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not saying this is a good thing. What Muhammad did at his time may have been within the norms, not the norm necessarily, as there's some evidence that even, even this was young, for, and you wait till you see the evidence. But the point is that like within the norms, because it was not mentioned by any of his opponents at the time, meaning it was within the norms. It was considered acceptable, not necessarily the best thing to do, but at the time it was acceptable. Now, however, does that mean it is acceptable? So I don't, I subscribe, I don't subscribe to moral relativism. I don't believe that like morality, it changes. Something is right or wrong, if it's right or wrong, and there's very good reasons in this particular case. I mean, morality can change based on the circumstances. For example, if you're starving, you know, maybe certain things might be allowed that wouldn't be allowed. But what I mean is, in this case, we're talking about someone that's supposed to be the prophet for all times. Muhammad's supposed to be the prophet for all times. He's supposed to be this exemplar. And this is the Sunni, this is the Muslim perspective. The Quran says that he's the best example. He's prophet for all of humanity, all mankind, whatever, whatever, whatever. So if this is the case, then you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't say this was okay back then, but it's not okay. Or you, you have to come up with a way of justifying. It. And Muslim scholars have done different things to justify it. And that's a question. Have they justified it? So before we talk about that, let's let's look at people or scholars that affirmed Aisha's age. Okay? Um, there's a YouTube video called Why Did Prophet Muhammad Marry Aisha at a Young Age? Question and answer with Dr. Yasir Qadi. Hamza Yusuf has a, has a video that's Aisha, marriage to Aisha explained. Jonathan Brown has a video. I mean, these are some of these are re-uploads, but there's a video um, why are you agitated about the age of Hazrat Aisha? Meaning, what's wrong with her being married as a child? Then we have some other some other examples. Hold on a second. Uh, let me share my screen. So I, I have some examples here from Islam QA and other links. Hold on. Uh, share screen. Okay. So, okay. So we have Asim al-Hakim here that affirmed oh sorry you can't see my screen okay here we go so asim al-hakim said you know after this nupur shama thing happened some people said asking him is it what do you do you believe aisha was nine he's like this is 100 percent true okay and of course it's not surprising that he said that and then someone says i'm reading that she was 17 asim al-hakim saying these are all lies aisha herself told she was nine so this is a sunni perspective i'm trying to try to be as fair as possible here we have Islam Qaeda or this is Shafi Han Hanafi Madhabi website. They have said the exact same thing that Prophet وسلم, as they say, married her when she was six and consummated marriage when she was nine. And then on Islam Qaeda Salafi website, the Saudi website, it's exactly the same answer, right? So basically, they justify why it was that. 
consummated the marriage with her when she was only nine years old. So the Sunni perspective is pretty consistent and unanimous. You can almost say almost unanimous, right? That this is her age, this is how old she was. And it it's now a, a game of semantics as to whether she was a child. Was she a child or was she not a child? So this is this is how we are, this is how they justify Aisha's age. And everyone knows this. Anyone that's listened to Islamic scholars knows that this is the way they play the game. Now you have some people that are changing the narrative and trying to say she's actually 16 and 19 and this and that. But at but for the for the longest time, they just didn't have a way out of it because the, the evidence is just far too strong that she was actually a young child. Some people, just, they don't have any excuse. Hamza Yusuf in his video says, God selected her as a wife, so that's okay. You know, like almost cult-like thinking. Same, the same justification that one Jeffs used that I, you know, God speaking to me. I'm the prophet, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm God's voice, right? Hazrat, uh, Hazrat means uh, it's a, it's a, it's a dign, it's a dignified title. Hazrat means, I don't know exactly what it means, but it's a respectful, it's a respectful title that's put in front of certain people's names, right? It's like honor, it's an honor, honorary title. Um, so, and then we should talk about consent. We didn't talk about consent yet. So this is a very important point that most of the Abrahamic religions, they don't have this concept of consent. Consent did not exist back then. There was no idea or even concept of a woman having to consent. It was all about the men in the lives. You know, the men decide who she marries, the men get to choose her husband. And the men have complete power and autonomy. You know, she has to sleep with her husband when her husband says it's all about men. It's not about women, right? So this is this is a problem with this being for all time. Because we don't we have a big issue with the the fact that when children get married, there's a lot of health risks. There's there's no way for them to really consent as a child, which is why we protect children from from getting married, especially to old men, right? It's a little bit more understandable if you have like a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old and they get married, we understand, you know. But if you have like like a 12-year-old and like a even a 20-year-old, you're like, okay, now this this is like child grooming, right? Child abuse. This is not this is not good, right? And it's because we know that children don't have um that ability to understand what they're getting into and we we want to protect them from that, right? So and of course, there's also children who were slaves are also victims of this sort of sexual exploitation. Yes, that's also another type of exploitation that happens. Uh, Farish Ahmed, did you lose weight? Are you all right? <laughs> yeah, I've been working out and I've been uh, uh, doing intermittent fasting and other things like that. So yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, this was by choice. And, you know, it's it's good to get a little bit more in shape. I've been going for runs for the first time and stuff like that, right? Nim Grace says, back then, generally speaking, girls and women were just married off to whoever they were told to. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of authority, right? Uh, ability to choose anything. Okay, so let's get into the actual slides that I have here. Because it seems like a lot of things in the comments are coming up that are going to be covered, right? So what was the reason for the marriage, right? The reason for the marriage is that the Hadith in Sahih Muslim said that 
Allah's messengers said, Aisha said that Allah's messengers said that I saw you in a dream for three nights when an angel brought you to me in a silk cloth and said, here is your wife. And when I removed the cloth from your face, lo, it was you. And I said, if this is from Allah, let him carry it out. So, you know, I just want to tell you guys a story. So my friend was at my house the other day. You know, his name, let's call him um, Mo. His name is Mo, right? And, you know, I have a daughter, right? She's, uh, she's eight years old. And he's like, yo, um, Abdullah, you know, I had a dream the other night and your daughter. And I'm like, whoa, okay, hold on. What? what? This better like it's better to have a good ending. Yeah, man. Uh, I saw your daughter and uh, God met. Uh, she was covered in a silk thing, and I uncovered her face, and it was your daughter. And uh, God wants me to marry. I'd be like, get the hell out of my house right now! <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> this is like some weird stuff, right? Okay, like this is not <laughs> this is not kosher. Get out of here! But this is exactly what happened. This is like. <laughs> this is this is this is the situation that was that happened right and there's another hadith there that basically said the same thing that she was wrapped up like i don't know like a gift or something and you know when it was shown what it was it was you know his friend's daughter it's kind of convenient that his friend's daughter ends up being his his uh his wife right i mean okay i i think you all get <laughs> i think everyone gets the point here this is like this is weird right Okay, so a lot of people don't realize this, but okay, before we get into this, I want to point out something that I think is kind of hilarious. When you see something, uh, this is something I was taught as a Muslim, when you see the chapter headings in the Hadith, for example, in this case, this says right here, chapter 11, the marrying of a young lady to an elderly man. So the chapter headings in, in the Hadith collections, they're not really chapter headings, because every single hadith has a chapter heading, but they're more like how the the sheikh, in this case, Imam Bukhari, interpreted the point of the hadith. This was his opinion on what the hadith is about. And the hadith, according to him, is about the marrying of a young lady to an elderly man. If you go back, okay, it wasn't included over here, but if you, if you look here, this is what he thought. So he's already interpreting this. This is Imam Bukhari way, way, way long ago. You know, a few hundred years after Muhammad, he's interpreting this is a proof because if you use hadith as proof for the religion, that th this is this is what how he interprets it. So narrated Orwa, the Prophet asked Abu Bakr for Aisha's hand in marriage. Abu Bakr said, But I am your brother. So if we if we go with the understanding that it's normal, it's perfectly normal in seventh century to have dreams about your friends' daughters and then ask them for the hand in marriage, apparently. <laughs> it wasn't that cool. Uh, the Prophet said, you are my brother in Allah's religion and his book, but she is lawful for me to marry. So if you take this at face value, it appears that initially um, this wasn't cool with Abu Bakr. Let's, like, at least he tried. He, he gave it a shot, right? But it didn't work out for him. And maybe at the end of the day, you know, this was used for his own his own benefit, like he knew that this would benefit him. Abu Bakr, I'm saying, right? Chapter heading. Now that you guys know how chapter headings are used, they're going to be useful. Chapter, giving one's young children in marriage. So Imam Bukhari considered that this is proof 
that you can give your young children in marriage. Okay, because everything has to be based on proof in Islam, right? Narrated Aisha, the Prophet married her when she was six years old and he consummated his marriage when she was nine years old and she remained with him for nine years, i.e. until his death. Okay, so this is the most like blunt hadith that says she was six and nine. Now, if you want to say this is normal in the sense that it happens, child marriage happens even to this day. This is not, this is like a very extreme example because you have like an old man with a very young child. This is not like two teens falling in love and that's, you know, technically child marriage. This is like an old man with like a very young woman. Again, I've already pointed out, trying to be fair, that this was not his typical norm, but he did it, which I, to me, it falsifies his 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 claim of prophethood because he's he's now done something that is abhorrent, right? I mean, if you look at another way, you know, I don't want to say it on this channel, but it's it's basically there's no consent here, right? So you can you can understand what this would be called, right? So the other the other hadith on the other side says it's permissible for a father to arrange the marriage of a young virgin. So this is again the same sort of proof that he sees that Aisha said Allah's apostle married her when she was six years old and he took her to his house when she was nine. Okay, so again, same idea. And then again below in book, so that one's in Muslim and then again below there's one more that has the exact same details again. So we're seeing in multiple hadith collections. Okay, so uh, I'm going to skip this slide because I think we got the point over here already all right so this this point has to be mentioned that even if you don't trust the numbering of aisha's own recollection um this in this hadith al-adab al-mufrad you have a chapter called stroking a child's head and aisha said i used to play with dolls in the presence of the prophet okay and my friends would play with me and the messenger of allah blah 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 blah, blah entered the they would hide from him and he would call them to join me and they would play with me. So this is a childlike behavior from Aisha. And even the Hadith collection says she was a child. And the other Hadith in Bukhari says, I used to play with dolls in the presence of the Prophet. And uh, my girlfriends used to play with me. And when all these messengers used to enter, they used to hide themselves. But the Prophet would call them to join and play with me. Right? And then in the, in the brackets, it's explaining that, explaining that um, playing with dolls, for some reason, Muhammad felt threatened by dolls, I guess. Uh, but it was allowed for Aisha as she was a little girl and not yet reached the age of puberty. Fatal body. So Imam Bukhari and in the in the commentary called Fatal body is also saying the same thing yet again. So even if we don't want to accept any of this, we now have Hadith that say that she was a child just playing with dolls and in this other hadith in Sahih Bukhari in a, in a longer hadith it says that when this whole situation happened the situation at is called the the if incident of ifk meaning you know she was accused of cheating on Muhammad and whatever and Barira was defending her when he asked when Muhammad was asking his 
other people what whether she cheated on him or not like what do they think of her she said we don't know anything faulty about her except that she is a child of immature age who sometimes sleeps and leaves the dough for the goats to eat right it's kind of like oops i didn't mean to it's kind of saying that she's an innocent little girl that you know sometimes she forgets the dough and the, the goats come and eat it uh, it seems like she didn't only leave dough out. Sometimes the Quran, <laughs> Quran pages got eaten too. But in this case, you know, Barira is saying that, yeah, she's a little girl, man. She just, you know, she leaves the goat, <laughs> the dough, and the goats eat it, right? That's that's who Aisha is, right? So, okay, so you'd have to throw this out as well if you want to say she wasn't a child. And again, whether or not she was six or nine, the point remains that it's more and more clear that she was a child. I mean. How, how do you get out of it? How do you get out of saying that? Which is why, again, the, the scholars, they try to come up with other things by, like saying that women got mature young and all sorts of other nonsense, right? Okay. So on the hadith on the side, it says that Aisha said that I remember the messenger of Allah covering me with his ridda when I was watching the Ethiopians playing the masjid until I got bored. So you should understand the keenness of young girls to play. So this is her words, right? She's saying, you know, you should understand young girls like to play. And in the hadith below, it says that basically the same, same sort of conversations happening there. And it says, so estimate the time a young girl eager for amusement would wait. Meaning she's watching like, you know, like I guess today's television, they were, they were throwing spears in the mosque or whatever, right? And she was there watching it and enjoying the conversation, uh, enjoying the show. So she's saying like, you know, she's little, she wants to watch TV, right? You know I'm saying, although even adults would like that too, but here she's describing herself as a young girl and, you know, who wants to play. Allah's perfect role model for all humanity. Exactly. All right, let's continue. So all of this, by the way, is in the, the other presentation as well, Scandals of Aisha, but I've, I've added a few things to that we're going to discuss near the end, which is alternative views. <laughs> okay, so Allah's Messenger in this one in Sahih Muslim, it says that, you know, Umm Ruman, who is her mother, came to me when I was at that time on a swing along with my playmates. <laughs> and it's even... Abdul Ghanil even bolded that. She called me loudly and I did not know what she wanted from me. She took hold of my hand, took me in the door. And, you know, basically she, you know, she was gasping and then she took him to a house, took her to a house and they all blessed me and wished me good luck and said, may you have shit and good. And then she washed my head and embellished me and nothing frightened me. So basically, this is when she was handed over this, this young girl to Muhammad. So this is, again, she was playing Clearly, she's not an adult. She's not doing work. She's not. She's doing kid things, right? And so it's it's getting pretty obvious now that she's a kid, right? If anyone wants to deny, you have to deny all of this. And then the question is, where does that leave you, right? And the, the hadith on the right is more of the same. So I'm not going to um, read it except for the very last line at the end. And at that time, I was a girl of nine years of age, right? All right, and this is interesting. What I say, not what I do. Muhammad married Aisha when his own daughters were much older than Aisha. Okay, that's interesting. His own daughters, when he wanted to marry them, they were not Aisha's age. They were much older. 
Muhammad's daughters were in the late teens and 20s when he married a six-year-old child. Zainab, Bukaya, Um Kulthum, and, and, and Aisha bin Abu Bakr. So if you compare them, you'll see that the ages that they got married, they were much older, right? Isn't that interesting? Okay, here's another, here's another slide. Different rules for me. So it was narrated from Abdullah that his father said, Abu Bakr and Omar proposed marriage to Fatima, <laughs> but the message of Allah said she's too young. Then Ali proposed marriage for her and he married her to him. So Ali is younger than Abu Bakr and Omar. He was much younger. And it's like he didn't want these old men marrying his daughter. And it literally says that she's young, which is which is funny. It's actually funny in, in Sunan of Nisai. Um, Abu Bakr was 50 plus, Omar was 40 plus, and he married them because Fatima was too young, right? Um, but yeah, basically, there's some details there about how old, how old she was. And it, it appears that she was basically maybe the same age or maybe a little bit older than I, Aisha was at the time, right? So some say she was born five years after Revelation. Some say she was born two. So a lot of the details do get lost in, in situations like this. We don't, <laughs> we don't know, right? The hypocrite Muhammad was rules for thee but not for me. That's exactly what it is, right? Um, the hadith on the left is uh, Sunan of Nisai, right? It's in, the, it's in the collection on sunnah.com. So, and then on the right side, it's a Shia website that's explaining uh, how old she was. So the left side is Sunni Hadith, the right side there's, an, there's a little bit of a discussion about how old she was. And okay, all right. So now we get to Quran 65.4. I'm just going to look ahead and see. Okay, so this is a verse in the Quran that says, And those who no longer expect menstruation among your women. If you have doubt, then the period is three months. And as for those who have not also menstruated, and for those who are pregnant, the term is until they give birth, and whoever fears Allah, he will make for them, he will make for them of his matter ease. So this verse is talking about divorce. It's talking about divorce is talking about how to handle the idda period, the waiting period, because in Islam, Whenever a man divorces a woman, there's an idda period, a waiting period to know whether she's pregnant or not. So this is based on 7th century understanding of, you know, basically how do we know whose father, who's a father if she gets married right away to another man? We don't know if it's from the previous, previous man or the next man. So there's a waiting period of three months so that you can see whether she's pregnant or not, right? That's the only way they had to do it back then. It's interesting that if Islam came today... And you had pregnancy tests, you know, you have rapid pregnancy tests that you can get from the dollar store. You have the, the detailed blood test that you can do at any doctor to, to look at the, the hormone levels. Would Allah still need to do a three months period of waiting? Because the waiting period, there's no point, right? There's no point having a waiting period if, if you can tell that she's not pregnant. The pregnancy thing is, is the issue, right? However, the question is, and there's some there's some hadith that explains this as well. I didn't include it. What about women that have not yet menstruated? Because you don't have, there's no period, right? So that is a situation that happens to young ladies. 
some scholars say that this is this hadith is talking about not hadith. Quran is talking about women that are too old to menstruate. But the the asbab al nuzul the commentary explains that this is talking about women that are too young to have periods. So this is explicitly explaining that this is a scenario where you've actually had sex with your wife because if you ha haven't had sex with her, there's no waiting period, right? This is clearly when you've consummated the marriage to a to basically, you could say, a child. In that case, it's explaining what to do. So the Quran is implicitly allowing child marriage. Not only did Muhammad do it, so even if you, you dis disregard the fact that Muhammad married, married a child, you have this scenario here in the Quran that is basically justifying the same the same situation, right? And it's it's pretty clear that like this is what it's talking about. Yes, there's ways to kind of weasel out of it, and you know, but that's what it's saying. So now we get to this alternative view. So nowadays we have this alternative view of despite everything I've just showed you, there's an opinion here out there that says that Aisha was actually 19. How they come up with that is they do some reverse engineering from when she passed away, they go back here and there, and they, I don't know, somehow come up with this. I have no idea. The problem is you have to basically throw out a bunch of hadith in order to get to this conclusion. So this is not you know, straightforward. The other one is straightforward. The other one is clear. But this is gaining popularity. This opinion is gaining popularity because it's more convenient. It you know, it takes away this big issue that has become a bigger and bigger problem as time goes by. People are leaving Islam because Aisha, because of child marriage. And so even if you do accept this, you still have a problem with 65 You still have a problem with the Quran. Quran allowing child marriage, right? And this is, again, some sort of backwards analysis um, as to how, you know, backdating certain events that happened in the life of Muhammad in order to try to come up with an age that's more suitable for her, right? Which is basically 19, right? Do I understand the meaning of explicit and implicit? Yeah, I'm saying it's... Yeah, obviously, I understand explicit and implicit. Explicit is something is explicitly said. Implicit is, like in this case, it's the reason I'm saying it's implicit is because it's um, it's not saying you can marry a child. It's saying if you want to divorce a woman that has not had a, her, her period and you slept with her, and again, the slept with her is implied, then this is how you this is a process for divorce. So that is implicit. That's not explicit. Explicit would be you can marry children, right? So yes, that's the difference between explicit and implicit. Um Lee Kim Nalik is saying, yeah, Aisha was totally 19. That makes marriage to a 50-year-old totally fine. So the the thing is, if she was 19, then you can say she's an adult. And if she was an adult, then yes, it's it's weird. It's not common that you have a 50-year-old marry a 19-year-old, but then she's an adult, right? You can no longer say child marriage, right? It's no, no longer an issue. The child marriage is now gone. And that's what Yasir Qadi said. The reason why this is coming up is because it's become problematic. It's become problematic, right? Um, so I, I don't... 
anyway, so yeah, the maybe this is a problem with the trans translation here because I believe I believe when I looked at it, let me see, it, it was um I think this is the way they interpreted it. One second, let me see if it's in brackets or could be the translation is done that way. Yeah, so let me share my screen and show you what I mean. So depending on the translation that you use, right? For example, Muslim Khan, as for those of you women with... So the Sahih International takes a lot of liberty in the translation. So if you look at this one, um, Muslim Khan says those who have had no causes... So he also interprets it in square brackets. They are still immature, right? And the, as for those who are pregnant, okay, the, then it's basically the pregnancy is the Idda period, right? Um Yusuf Ali said those have no, no those who have no courses, right? So those who have no courses, if you look at the, the tafsir, they, they take it two different ways. That's the thing, right? They they look at it two different ways. Um so yeah, so that's basically um so someone needs to tell all those countries that allow child marriage. Yeah. Yeah, someone needs to tell all those countries that Aisha was 19 and you guys need to stop allowing child marriage. Uh exactly. But that's not gonna happen. Okay, so very last slide I have here, and then we can do a little bit of discussion. It appears to be the case that, again, this is why I said that what happened with Muhammad was within the allowable range. It wasn't necessarily common, or this wasn't what everybody does, right? For example, some re research that Abdul did shows that even in China, in ancient China, around 680 BC, well before Muhammad's time, the government set the age of marriage at 20 for men and 15 for women, even though it was written in the works of the Confucian school that mentioned marriage at 30 and women at 20. It was not really followed. Okay? And then later on, the government reduced the marriage to 15 for men and 13 for women. So there's probably some practical things going on here and there's some understanding that, you know, back then, situation was not the same, but... Um, this is this seems to be that it was not always the case that Aisha was sorry, it wasn't always the case that marriages at this young age happened. It again, we don't know. I, I Khalil is here and he's saying she wasn't six historically. So that is that is the first thing I mentioned that this is not a historical conversation that we're just talking about based on the Hadith corpus. This is what the Hadith corpus says. This is what the Hadith say, and and if, I don't know if you can't if you just showed up, Khalil, but uh, I did show this slide and say that there is this analysis that's being done, and some people follow this. And this is on Ismaili Smiley Nose's website that she was supposedly nineteen. Um, so yeah, so there we go. Uh, that's the Sunni perspective, and that's <laughs> so. How old was she? Um, again, historically, we don't know, and you know, I'm okay with saying that. But you know, what from whatever we do know, if you trust the Sunni Hadith, this is what you see. You see a plethora of narrations indicating that she was a child. This this is what the scholars interpret interpreted it as as meaning. And uh, if I go back to the very you know very beginning, um, do do do. This is this is basically what most Sunni scholars will acknowledge and accept. They just accept it, that this is 
this is the case and this is this is the view so going back to the Nepal Sharma thing this has become a big drama now uh, a lot of people got offended I, I already made a video on what I think about that and you know I personally don't think she should have you know now she's apologized and she's been she's kicked off the party and all of the things and it's created a like a a powder the powder cake has exploded in India it's become a really bad situation so I don't think this was a wise thing to say even though it's you know in perfect accordance with what Sunni Muslims believe as everyone keeps acknowledging however I don't think this was the right way to deal with it because it created this big drama and, I, and I've already talked about that on the other episode um I, I don't go as far as to say that we don't know if these people existed at all. I do think there's there's plenty of evidence. Uh, Sean Anthony has a book on the historical Muhammad, which was interesting. And there's references from non-Muslims that reference this Arabian prophet. And so a lot of the details we don't know, right? That's, that's the problem. We don't know the details. However, we do know that these people did exist, right? I, I do believe there was a person called Muhammad and he existed. Now, I want to show one more thing. Um, yeah, you should have looked at it as a failure. Uh-oh. <laughs> one second. I was hearing myself. Sorry about that, Jake. Okay, so I want to share my screen and show you guys a conversation that I just watched. I thought was very interesting. Different topic altogether. Um but I thought, it, I thought it was worth watching and I actually highly enjoyed it. So that's the end of this conversation about Aisha. And um, basically, Ruth is saying, I don't know why Muslims are angry with her. The reason they're angry is because it was said as a, a way of like, I guess, insulting. It was where it was coming from. It wasn't like, it was like, you insulted me, so I'm going to insult you. It's funny that, you know, it technically shouldn't be an insult and it shouldn't be upset about it, but it was... It was uh, definitely upsetting to them, right? So it is what it is. Now, I want to show you guys something else. So I, I just had the pleasure of watching this conversation. This was a, a debate between Khalil and Jake, the Muslim metaphysician, which was interesting. If you guys are interested in Islamic philosophy or any of that stuff, you might find this, this conversation interesting. So Jake was taking the, the Salafi way, basically that Allah you know, comes down from the lowest heaven, comes down to the lowest heaven every night. And, uh, you know, and Khalil was calling him out on this. So it was an interesting conversation and debate. Uh, I thought it was, it was interesting. It was hilarious, actually. Some parts of it were actually really funny. They've disabled comments on this. They said that Khalil could actually have full rights to the video as well, but they gave him a, a strike for uploading this content. Um, Jake has gone on a pissy fit now and he is creating videos on Khalil one after another. You can see like he's, he's a sore loser now. He's basically, um, the ending, ending of the, the ending of the debate was absolutely hilarious. It was Khalil decided to grade because <laughs> he's a professor. He decided to grade Jake on his arguments while he was doing the debate. He was making, he was making notes. <laughs> So it was it was pretty funny. It was it was funny and and it seems like they don't want people to see the chat. The chat is gone. The live chat was gone. The the comments are disabled and 
before you know it, they might even delete this this video. So if you'd like to see this discussion, uh, you'll <laughs> you might enjoy it if you're into this type of stuff. Um, I definitely enjoyed it, and I thought it was you know my perspective is I I basically I'm not I don't take sides because I don't believe in God, but like looking at what Jake was saying, I mean Salafism is basically it's just comical, you know, to believe in a God that goes up and down like a yo-yo that it, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's hilarious right now. Khalil's view and the view of Ashali's and others is, is unfalsifiable. They don't say that God goes up and down or he has hands, his hand could mean this and that. So it's unfalsifiable. So, you know, my perspective and, and I'm a layman saying this is that through interaction with philosophers and the Greeks and you know all of these people the Islamic thinkers had to refine the beliefs because you know the just looking at it you know as a text you know say you you end up believing in a man in the sky right and so this is easy to debunk so over time they refined the views and they came up with something that you know you'll see Khalil presenting like something that's more refined and like I would call it unfalsifiable, right? Um, yeah, I like the part he graded Jake. Yeah, that was that was an epic ending. Anyways, uh, anyhow, so that's all I have to say. And again, I'm not saying this is necessarily unique. So going back to the, the original topic of Aisha, this is not necessarily unique to Islam, this situation. This is something that's happened in history. But the problem is if you see it, the way if you if you you can't get out of the fact that the, this is problematic right to some extent somehow this is problematic if you see him as if you see see what he did as being an example for all humanity for all times then this is problematic and it's it's much more likely to what a cult leader would do a cult leader would do these type of things i don't use a p word for muhammad I don't because I don't think it fits. Again, I think it's aclinistic. And I think meaning that it doesn't fit. You can't backdate that idea. And I think it, again, based on his marriages, I don't see that. However, I don't think it was good that he married a child. I don't think that was right. Definitely that that's a bad thing. And this is a problem. And this is a problem that's going to continue to bother the Muslims to the point where they get offended when a critic of theirs just says it. Right. I mean, Nupur Sharma was a critic of Islam. She's being a critic here. And maybe this is not the right context and the right place to, for her to say it. But she just said it. She just said what every Muslim, not every Muslim, many Muslims believe. Many Muslim scholars believe. Right. They, they basically acknowledge this. So <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> Beach Price, she's a scoring, scoring a Aisha, she's both 19 and not. Yeah, she's basically both a child and an adult. She wasn't a child or she was a child. It was only, there's so many ways out of this. Either they say that she was a kid, she wasn't, she matured fast or people died young, even though all of these men were in their 50s and 60s when they died. Or, you know, she, um, it was a special, some people even say it's a special exception. Although it doesn't seem to be the case that it was a special exception, right? So anyways, I think things are changing. I think, think people are beginning to recognize that this is not <laughs> this is not the all end all. And Muhammad is not what he did is not does not translate well into our world today necessarily. Not everything he does, right? I mean, 
I don't know what he did that would translate well. There's some things he did that were good, but like there's a lot of problematic things. And so I hope the evidence is clear. And, um, you know, I D is saying, you know, a Hindu man was beheaded over this. There's some, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but there's been some evidence that the man that belonged to the, he belonged to the BJP that did the beheading or something like that. So there's some investigation going on. Again, it's, I don't want to speak about that because it's maybe too early to to say anything. And, I, you know, but there's some stuff going around that says that um, there's, the, anyways, I'm, there's no point commenting on it. But yes, if this wouldn't be surprising if this happened because that's this, that's this, unfortunately, with, the extreme parts of the Muslim community are they they get all riled up over stuff like this, right? Um, yeah, so Maja is saying, Oh, oops, some comment went out of the way. Uh, he may not be a pedo, but he certainly sanctioned it, right? If not perfectly normal, yeah. I mean, it's allowed, right? That's the problem, and that's why you know I was discussing chapter 65 was for the Quran, which again, some people don't take it to mean children, but it definitely to many many scholars do interpret it as marrying children, right? So, and then of course the dolls and all of that stuff. And, you know, so yeah, so that's, yeah, that's, that's, it is what it is. That's, that's the situation. Um, uh, Coco Jasmine, Aisha's age should not be debated. What do you, what do you mean by that? Like why should not be debated? Um, is it because of the other things in the Quran, like 65 four? Or is it something else? Okay, so I'm just gonna read Chulbul Pandi's comment, and we'll 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 close off soon. There have been half a dozen beheadings since. Only one has caught media attention. Oh, okay, I didn't I did not know that that there was um. There's been a lot of riots and stuff. I know I heard about that, right? And okay, so uh, Magic is saying a demonic scumbag is not a prophet. So if we look at what I think is a better theory for what is happening here, I think. Look at the epileptic prophet series. I don't think Muhammad was demonic. Not that I believe in demons anyways, but like there's a much better explanation that uses neuroscience to explain his behavior. I think that makes a lot more sense. Um, so it's pretty clear that she was nine. You really have to discard those hadith. Yeah, you do have to discard a lot of hadith uh, to, to get out of that for sure. So again, it's a question of if you accept hadith or not. Historically, I don't think Muslims don't, don't follow historical Muhammad. They follow mythical Muhammad. And mythical Muhammad, Islamic Muhammad, Sunni Muhammad, whatever you want to call him, he married a nine-year-old, right? He's Whether he's a, he's a sort of Spider-Man type figure that never actually existed. Maybe there was a guy, you know, like that, like for example, Dracula. There was a guy that the Dracula myth is based on. Um, maybe that guy was very different, but what we know about him sucking blood and turning to a vampire and blah, blah, blah. Th those details are probably not true, but people that if people actually believed in him as a real person that turned into a bat or whatever, then that's what they believe. I mean, they don't, they don't follow the history. Maybe that's a bad example because nobody there's no religion of Dracula. So maybe that's a bad example. But the point I'm trying to make is, you know, we're not straw manning Sunni Muslims. This is what they actually believe, right? So, um, yeah. <laughs> Apologies, I used demonic loosely. He was Indian, not a smiled. <laughs> um, um, indeed, Quran does not declare Muhammad a prophet. He's uh, I, I, 
okay, I'm not sure about that, about him being a Rasul and a Nabi. Uh, I believe, I don't know the technical details, but I believe Rasul is above Nabi or something like that. So you can't say he's only, I mean, he's, he's basically the best of all everything in the Quran, right? The best of all creation and this and that. So you can't say he's only a messenger. Uh, and I remember this, the scholars said stuff like, messenger comes with a book. So it's like a higher status, like Moses. Whereas Harun or Aaron didn't come with a book. He's a follower of a previous messenger. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, okay. So, <laughs> yes, there is a religion of Dracula called lawyers. Yeah, they want to suck their blood. All right, so yeah, that's all the content actually um, I wanted to go through. And um, Imran is saying the soul brings a new message, Nabi doesn't. Uh, yeah, John, thanks. Please don't forget to thumbs up the stream um, and like the stream and subscribe and all that. And thank you to everyone who's continued to support the channel for sure. Okay, Coco Jasmine responded, according to the correct view, if she's under nine and he gives her in marriage, there's no harm in doing so. Oh, right. Yeah, so basically he had, he had um, his own rules that he followed that, Others didn't have to follow. As we showed, his own children didn't get married at a young age. And he even said, you know, that she, Fatima was too young to get married. Eventually, he married her to Ali. But, you know, so, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things here that they're not what he's doing is what he's saying are totally different. And this is typical of most cult leaders, right? They they do one thing and they, they behave another Um Christian Prince said all those hadiths were mistranslated. Well, I can't read Arabic, so I'm going to have to go with the translation, right? Um, going back to the Jake thing, yeah. Uh, you guys got to watch this. <laughs> Especially the concluding, the, the cross-questioning, it was, it was juicy. It was, it's worth watching. I'll post the link in the comments as well uh, so we can get a little bit more. And, and again, I support Khalil. He's a friend of mine, and um, you know his, his Islam is not like the Sunni Islam, there's no apostasy law, there's none of that stuff, right? Even though I don't believe, I do see him as a, as a friend and maybe an ally of sorts to some extent, right? Um, next question, okay. I don't know why until now there's still people who have a problem with something normal in the past. Okay, so the problem is, I mean, okay, some people do have a problem with it. But the worst problem is not that. The worst problem is if we say you want to do it today. So if people are saying Muhammad did this thing and therefore it's okay because he did it, because he is spoke to God and he's a prophet and a messenger or whatever, therefore I can do this. That's when it becomes a problem. I think there's less people that are, you know, complaining about what he did in the 7th century. I mean, we can still say he was, it was bad what he did. Right, we could say that. We can argue that. We can look at other marriages of you know people that what they did and mm -hmm. did they marry children. I mean, it was just unnecessary. If, of course, Sunni Muslim scholars will justify and say, "Oh, she narrated so many hadith and blah 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 blah." So there's there is some reasoning they give, right? They give some reasoning of some sort. However, the point is, um, it's problematic. It's especially problematic if you believe it's his example for all time. If he's not an example for all time, it's just some dude that did a bunch of stupid things. And if people are willing to acknowledge that he did a bunch of bad things, which they can't because he's this perfect prophet, then that becomes problematic. And this is an idea that we have to fight because 
if you idolize, I mean, this is what it is. Maybe they don't want to call it idolatry, but when you idolize and worship a man the way he is worshipped, I mean, again, they don't want to admit it, but that's what it is. It's worship. It's it's a cult of Muhammad. It's a it's a it's a personality cult. When you copy someone, every single thing they do, when you imitate them, when you're like, you know, like constantly obsessing over this person, that's a cult of personality. It's a personality cult, cult of personality. It's a worship of this man. That's exactly what's happening here. So if this is a situation, then yeah, no, no wonder this is problematic because he did some bad things and people want to justify all of the bad things he did. If they would just fairly say that he did some good things and some bad things, then we wouldn't have as much of a problem that we do today, right? Um, okay, so uh, I'm just going through the rest of the comments and seeing if there's anything else that is... I don't, I don't necessarily agree with you, Madra, about uh, Islam has a violent arm and it takes less than 5% of them to silence people like Khalil was a PhD in Takia. I don't think that's really fair. Um, when you say Takia, you, you say, what you're saying is that someone is basically lying in order to deceive. And I don't see that happening because from what I can tell, whatever Khalil says is what he truly believes. And so I don't see that as Takia. Takia is when you're dishonest, right? He, what he says is what he actually believes Islam is. Right when he says that there's no such thing as apostasy law and whatever all of the things he says, and you can listen to that comment. The conversation was on was on was on akida and was on philosophy, so it's a different topic. But what he's saying is what he believes. So there's no, I don't see takia there, anyways. But yeah, I mean, okay. So this is uh this is a silly comment. ISIS is the best of Muslims. In order for someone to be a best of Muslims, you need an objective standard of Islam. So what what do you mean? Like how what's your objective standard? Your objective standard is based on what? Right? Objective standard has to be now you're basically going to be creating an Islam that is one interpretation, which is basically the very Wahhabi leaning, Salafi leaning interpretation of Islam, which is very literalistic and based on hadith. And basically, even then, it's picking and choosing which hadith to take, right? Because there's going to be some hadith that would go against the ISIS ideology, and those are not the ones they select, right? So I do think that there is a violent, Islam has a violent side. If you can want to, let's put it like this there's violent interpretations of Islam, but there's also peaceful interpretations of Islam. Are the violent interpretations of Islam false and the peaceful ones true? Well, anytime you're going to cherry pick and pick one, you're cherry picking at this point. Like as a non-Muslim, I'm going to say that there's multiple interpretations of Islam. I can't just say one of them is, I can't say that ISIS one is the best one or that they are the best of Muslims. In fact, I'd rather say the opposite, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say they're the worst of Muslims, but I would say that they think they're the best Muslims, but so do other people. Other people think they're the best Muslims too. And the Islam's totally different than ISIS. So it's not just one-sided like you know this comment is saying, right? I saw a comment here about okay, Yasmin Ali says, Abdullah, this is why I'm a Shia Ismaili. 
Prophet Muhammad's Islam was for his time period. There was a reason why Prophet Muhammad left his progeny and was to keep Islam at this time. The reason I'm not a smiley is because to me it makes no sense that God speaks through descendants of childbirth. And there's no evidence that this is happening. Right? The Ismaili Imams are no better off at knowing the future than the fortune teller down the street or even my, my dog. My dog doesn't know what's going to happen any more than anybody else. Like, I could ask my dog, should I go out? Like, is, is today going to be a good day to pick these lottery numbers? It's going to be woof, woof, woof. And that's like, I don't know if that's a yes or no. But the point is, nobody knows. I don't mean in a derogatory way as in comparing to a dog. But what I mean is, nobody knows. <laughs> like, nobody knows the future. So, if you're following some imam that claims to know the future, I think you're being fooled. I think you're being taken for a ride. And I think that he knows no better than anybody else. I want concrete evidence from this imam that he actually is able to make a decision better than chance, right? So you can follow whether you want to, but if you're following him because you think God is speaking to him, then I think there's a problem there. If you're following some guy because he's, he's okay, let's say I like Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, let's say he gives speeches on investing. He gives farmans. They call Farman's uh, Ismailis called the the sayings of of um, Aga Khan to be Farman. So let's say Warren Buffett gives speeches, Farman's religious teachings. You guys should buy this and do that. If I follow him, it's because I like him as an investor, not because I believe God spoke to him, because I looked at his track record. So if you're following someone because of the track record, that's a different story. If you think God spoke to them, you're being taken a fool of, and you, it's it's not going to help you in life because. You know, he's taking your money and he's taking your time and you're praying to him. Yali, this and that. It's it's not going to help you, right? Um, so KJ said, one of my African friends said, Islam is the least racist religion. I laughed because Mo literally had majority black slaves and referred to them as lesser people. Islam is de definitely xenophobic. Actually, this, this narrative of Islam being against racism, I mean, there are, I know Christian friends especially, finds these references but like as a muslim i always felt islam was against racism i'm telling you as a former muslim i was taught that bilal a black man was put on top of the kaaba and he was given the right to do the adhan he was a former slave um and muhammad married zainab who was like a princess type lady to um his adopted son who had no status so from my understanding as a former Muslim, Islam was against racism and against all of these things. However, you do see that, in my opinion, the bigger issue with Islam is not racism, but this classism of Muslims versus non-Muslims, kafirs and hypocrites, munafik and Muslims. Muslims are at the top of the rank, and then you have below that, you have, you know, non-Muslims. I can show you hadith that they talk about unfair treatment of non-Muslim minorities. I mean, just look at the jizya. It is heavy burden that humiliates. I'm talking about following the Quran. The Quran says a humiliating tax on the disbelievers, to, you know, take upon them. And, and some scholars would say only, only on um, Christians and Jews, people of the book, and not on all non-Muslims. So Hindus and polytheists don't count. They have to be you know, <laughs> so this is like, um, to me, worse than 
racism in Islam. I think Islam try. It seems like Islam tried to eliminate racism to some extent. That's what I think. Um, you're talking about the hadith of epilepsy, where the woman had epilepsy, and um, again, there are some obscure references. I don't know which one you're talking about here. I haven't heard this again. There's some. There is some obscure references. I know that, but you can you can give me these obscure references, and and I could give you like Bilal on the Kaaba. That was not common. You don't put Bilal's on the Kaaba before Islam. That was just never happened. So those are stronger points against racism than like some of these hadith that you find, right? I'm not saying Islam is good, but I'm saying in this in this regard, I think there's worse things to look at, which is the discrimination towards non-Muslims. Eh? Uh, I'm from Ghana. I've been watching you for two years now. Nice. Thanks for thanks for that. Thanks for watching. Islam produces a black and white. Ugh, I can't talk today. <laughs> black and white worldview, free and slaves. Yeah. The free and the slaves, um, that's true. The kafir and the disbeliever and the believer, the dhimmi, the Muslim, the munafik, it's all black and white. Everything's black and white. Darul Islam, Darul Harb. Um, they told Bilal to do the worst job. No, the job of doing the adhan was an honor. It's the call to prayer. It's not the worst job. <laughs> it was like an honor. I, I don't know how you got that, right? Um, I will find the reference for you. Thank you. And again, I'm not denying that there are like racist references in the hadith. I bet you we can find some right now if I search. Uh, but like, I just, I'm just saying that there's stronger points against racism. And Malcolm X, I think he got a little bit tricked because Malcolm X is worth mentioning. He, he also thought Islam was against racism because he saw things in Islam that he didn't see in America. He saw, I think he was fooled about the, about the Hajj because he was he was given the five star treatment he thought everybody's equal in the hajj that's not true you have rich people in tents with air conditioning and you have like africans that you know it's like 50 of them my uncle was from kenya and he told me that they used to stay in a giant hotel room not hotel room like a giant i don't was it like a court like a room in a building like a not a hotel room and they all slept on the floor all of them so like <laughs> it wasn't it's not the same for everybody but Malcolm X was impressed by the fact that he went to what he saw was black imams leading white people in prayer. And I do know the Muslim community has its racism issues. I do know that there's still, you know, like, you know, it's very annoying if you go to a mosque and everybody's speaking in Urdu. I've, I've been to I've been to mosques like that. I've been to mosques where everybody speaks Arabic. I've been to a mosque where Everybody was speaking, what language was it now? Was it, uh, I forget, it was a European language. Turkish? Turkish? I forget now. Anyways, and it was, it's super annoying. It's like, this is not the time and place to be giving khutbahs in a different language in Canada. And, you know, sometimes people will exclude you. I, I've, I've had experiences where I've um, felt like, excluded or you know certain of my family members that don't speak the language have felt excluded because people are speaking amongst themselves stuff like that um revelation i don't know what you're going on about still about bilal they told him they did not ask him bro like the point is it's it's supposed to be an example of like elevating slaves right even though muhammad failed miserably with the marriage of zainab to um his uh to osama 
because it broke up. But he was trying, apparently even that was an example of trying to break the tribalism because take someone from a high rank and someone with no rank, it's almost like um, like a caste system almost, right? Not really a caste system, but like there was like social hierarchy that he was trying to abolish, even though he's at the ultimate super authority. <laughs> he's the ultimate super authority of this, of this thing. So he got rid of the hierarchy, but he's still the top. So it's flat. Except for him, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, which is kind of funny. Um, anyways, yeah, I don't know why it's still going on about Bilal. It's like, whatever. I don't see that as honoring waking up early to get the call to prayer. Uh, I, I guess in their mindset, it was seen as a privilege. I don't know. <laughs> Justice for Bilal. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, Okay, so there's still an Islamic slavery in Mauritania today? Okay, I don't know anything about this. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't Turkish, sorry. I don't, I don't remember the language, Albanian or something. I, I, it, was, it was like a um, white mosque, I guess. They were like fair-colored European people. I'm trying to remember what it was now. It was, in, it was in Toronto. But it was annoying that it was the language, the Kotzba was not in English. But they did that because they had mostly people from that same minority. Maybe it was, oh, it was Bo- I think it was Bosnian. I think it was Bosnian. Ah, oh, like, yeah, justice for Bilal. That, that's pretty funny. Bilal the singer. <laughs> um, okay, so this is kind of a weird comment. Freeing a slave is the worst thing for a slave? So are you saying they should have kept the slaves? I don't think it was necessarily the worst thing for the slave. You have to remember some of these slaves, there's different types of slaves. Some of these slaves actually had status in society. It's just that they ended up as slaves because they were kidnapped or captured as some of the prisoners of war were like Quraysh, like high ranking Quraysh that Muhammad basically, um, what's the word? He, he sold them for money. He, he ransomed them. He ransomed them for money. And then he was crying because Quran said he should have killed them all. Right. That, that happened. Right. So it's not necess- not all the slaves were, were in the same situation. Some of them actually were working for the freedom. Right. They were kind of like indebted and indentured slaves or whatever some of them had the opportunity to work the work off the slavery and unfortunately slavery is part of islam and it's part of the quran and which is why it is people are saying it's still problem it still happens in the world today i don't really know much and much about that but yeah this is the main issue that's worse than racism or lack of racism is when you have surat meaning quranic verses that's the unbelievers are worse than animals that's worse than racism that's exactly my point like, I don't really care if Islam is, you know, okay, whatever. It's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's against racism, but this stuff is worse than racism that, that's in Islam, right? Uh, it's been an hour. I'm wondering if we can take some calls. Okay, I'll, I'll take a couple of calls. Let's, let's try this because I'm, I'm done my content that I had. And so I will open up the, the I'll open, open up for calls if anyone wants to call in and we'll, we'll take a few calls before we end. Uh, peeps, don't forget to thumbs up the stream beyond 100 likes. Yeah, please do. And I mean, it is, it is a fair point that life back then was pretty rough, right? It's, it's pretty rough. Uh, it's, it wasn't an easy situation for anybody, right? I mean, that's for sure. Uh, Muhammad sold black slaves, yes. Plus, they did not free Bilal. Okay, maybe I, I thought he was a freed slave. If, I, if he was still a slave, I was... I was told wrong then. I remember he- hearing that he wasn't freed. And that's weird to me because I was always taught that he was. So 
maybe that is something uh, that I was misinformed about and something that is obscure. Do you know pregnancy can last for more years according to authentic Islamic sources? Yeah, I heard about this. The reason they, they said this was because Amina, something to do with Amina, right? Amina had a, when she had Muhammad as a baby, like, I forget what happened. There's some, there's some, some analysis that happened. So they had to come up with this way of justifying it by making pregnancy for years <laughs> long. <laughs> Will Islam be reformed? I think so. I think it's it's happening. I think people are starting to say Aisha is 19. To me, that's the form. I think that to me is the form. Okay. So line is open. If anyone wants to call in, you still have a chance. I'm going to keep it open for another 10 minutes. And we'll see if anyone wants to come. Okay, Rolling Man, I remember you. Hey, man, how's it going? Hi, have you seen the video going viral of Muhammad Hijab talking to Quranists? No, tell me about it. He's basically talking about the Quran 65-4, where it says... Oh, child marriage. Yeah. I think so, yeah, yeah. Remind me what happened? Uh, he was talking to Quraners. You know they accept the Quran only and reject the Hadith. And he says the Quran has an extreme form of uh, allows extreme form of pedophilia. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me share. Let me share this. This is I found it. Let me share my screen. Hold on. Okay, this one, right? Yes. Uh, I don't know if you guys will be able to hear it. I don't know if the sound is coming out. Okay. Yeah, so this is a funny example of um, trying to debunk Quranists. And de this is like what you call scoring a goal. So he's saying there's no, there's no way in the He's saying nowhere in the Quran does it deny pedophilia, basically, right? Uh, I said I thought I wasn't going to say that word in this stream, but I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I but guess I we ended up on this up. topic somehow. Hmm? I brought I brought the word up. Yeah. So yeah, and it's funny because this is what you call scoring your goals on yourself because <laughs> he's basically saying that. You have to, what he's trying to do is he's trying to say you need to follow the sunnah, meaning hadith. The yeah. reason he's doing it is this typical shock, shock and awe uh, way of doing it, which is by like shocking people by saying things like, well, do you guys know that the Quran itself doesn't condemn, you know, what pedophilia, meaning you, you can marry a child or whatever. It's not in the Quran. It's not stopping you in the Quran. It's. It's the hadith that stops you. That's what he's saying. I don't know where, if he actually goes into saying that the hadith said it. Have you seen this video before then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I heard about this and I don't think I watched it. I mean, I, I got I got the point that, you know, this yeah. is like... Yeah, yeah there's, one, there's one woman that actually seems surprised. She's looking at another woman and then says, Are you, is she serious? I think I think it's in the. I'm not sure which part it is, but you can scroll. You can like, sh you know, 
basically scrub. Yeah, and she's basically so. That's the woman there. She's basically surprised. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are surprised because um, he's you know he has his extreme way of doing stuff, and I guess that's his. Uh, at least oh yeah this is pretty at least he's being honest yeah that's true it is pretty old i didn't realize it's from 2017 it's been going around recently for some reason even though it's now seven years seven six seven years six years no whatever five years old now yeah five so um lee kim is saying reformation is a death i don't know if that's true because in my opinion reformation is how things survive the more rigid a worldview is, the the more likely it will not be reformed because it'll just, you know, if something is rigid, is, it'll break. If something is, is reformed, it can survive longer, right? Isn't reformation part of bidda or something, and bidda is punishable by death in Islam? Well, bidda is not. Yeah, bidda is considered a fabrication, and but the thing is. They don't necessarily want to call it that. So yeah, reformation is a four-letter word like bidda. Bidda is not an English word, but I guess you could say bida. It's like a four-letter word to them. So any Muslim that says that Islam needs to be reformed would automatically be, you know, scrutinized. I remember that, you know, maybe like not that long ago, people like Osama Hassan, who is uh, he's a Muslim in the UK, that was saying things about evolution being compatible with Islam, and people wanted to like have his head. Now people are able to talk about these things a lot more openly than before. But at the at the point at that point in time, it was more difficult. So people they just don't call it that. Just, like when when people say that okay, Aisha was nineteen, there's going to be a lot of backlash. There's people like Farid and Yasakari and all these people are pushing back and saying no, 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 she's nine, have, six and nine. But like you... it is reform. It, to me, it's reform. Calling that is reform. Saying that you know people that are actually changing the religion, even though they don't want to call it changing it, that's Islam is not even I don't even know if you should call it reform because in my opinion Islam has been changing for 1400 years right we can call it reform if you want I mean in a sense you could say reform could be ISIS too because reform can go both ways it can go more extreme or it can go more liberal or, you know what I mean so ISIS is a sort of reformation too they're going to another extreme but the point is Islam has been changing for 1400 years according to many many scholars it, that's just the way Islam is. It's not static. Now, I know people don't like to hear that, especially in the Muslim community. And sometimes opponents of Islam don't want to admit that either. But yeah, Islam is always changing. Have you seen that video of... Um, I don't know if you're going to do a topic of women's empowerment in Islam. Uh, having, uh, women's empowerment in Islam? That's That sounds kind of counterintuitive. Uh, it's about... Well, it's an oxymoron, really, because there is no. Have you seen Daniel Hepekachu, whatever his name is? Yeah, what about him? Yeah, he says Islam is against women's empowerment. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um... Which is true. Which is true, by the way, because. I think that's true, too. Yeah, hold on. I just wanted to uh, reference to some of the comments here. Uh, if you, Farish is saying, if you, the form of religion doesn't mean the religion was wrong. It depends how you look at it. Okay. So I clearly am not Muslim. I don't believe in Islam. And so, you know, for me, it's like, I'm, I'm an outsider to this, just watching it. Right. And what I think, 
I almost spilled my drink here. What I think is um, the way they put it, if you want to, I want to be charitable. I'm going to be charitable here. Mufti Abu Layth would say trajectory hermeneutics. That's how they call it. They, they say, I mean, I don't agree with this, but like, I'm just giving you the opinion. They will say things like Islam has this by design that it's flexible on certain matters that can be changed. Some things can't be changed, but like a lot of things can be changed. And that's part of the design of Islam. Uh, you know, you, you could use the, the term trajectory hermeneutics, which means that Muhammad actually wanted to free slaves. He didn't free slaves, but he wanted to. That was his goal all along. You know, like, I don't buy that. To me, that's a, I, I just don't buy that. I just, it doesn't, I'm not convinced that Muhammad wanted to end slavery. I think if he wanted to, he would have. But you could say that it, Islam did make it tougher to buy slaves. It's true. Islam did make it tougher to buy slaves. Islam made it tougher to, it still allowed it though. That's the problem. So at the end of the day, I think it's nonsense. But like, sure, if you're an Islamic scholar, you can go with that, right? Mm. All right, I'll go now. But to the other people, but you should make a video on on um, women's empowerment in this. <laughs> I know. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thanks, for calling. thanks. Bye. Um, yeah. So let's let's go back to some of the comments. This is uh, some good comments here. Okay. Uh, yes, always been changing, but will change to something that human rights can agree with. I I don't know which way it's going to go, which is why I think we need to continue pushing in the direction that makes sense. And that's compatible with human rights. Um, as we saw in the U.S. ruling, you know, rights can go away. Rights that you take for granted, abortion rights, for example. Maybe gay marriage will be next. I don't know. So those of us that believe in, you know, society progressing and people being treated equal and all of these things, that we need to continue pushing for these things. That's that's why people support me and what I do on YouTube, and that's why I continue to do what I'm doing as well. It's I think it's we need to keep pushing. We can't just assume that it's going to go to this because the the there are going to be pushbacks from people like Daniel Hakikaju and you know the hardliners. They're going to get more hardline. They're going to be pushing harder and harder, right? Um, let's 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 read some of these comments. Islamic scholars and political leaders know that the religious calls for violent extreme vigilantism and jihad and all the religious texts also mean they'll continue to stay in power. Islam is about power and less about religion. Now, I. I sort of agree that I don't agree with all Islamic scholars, but I do agree that there is Islamist political leaders that are, you know, they do these things and they use Islam politically. And Islam is really political by its design, I think. I agree with that, right? Uh, Islam always changes, it's true, but has always promoted the use of violent vigilantism. I'm not, I always thought as a Muslim that vigilantism was not allowed. That was my understanding as a Muslim. As a Sunni Muslim, I thought vigilantism is forbidden in Islam and you have to, um, you have to go through the court process, right? However, there's examples in the Sunni Hadith of vigilantism, but I always always understood it wasn't that wasn't the case, right? So, um, be just saying taking the teeth out of it, yeah. Basically, I think that's what secularism, you know, hopefully would. Okay, so I'm getting I'm seeing spammers here in the chat. So uh, mods, please if you can deal with this. What's the point of commenting this one thousand times? Uh, yeah, I'm going to do a favor. I'm going to do you a favor and I'm going to actually show you a comment on the stream. If you're so like desperate that you have to spam the same thing, like do you really do you really think that like you're you're coming across like a strong person? <laughs> do you really think that you're gonna convince people when you do that? Do you really think that like 
you you come across as a troll you come across as a weak pathetic person that's desperate for attention i mean i'm i welcome anyone that wants to call in <laughs> you could have easily called in and said what you wanted to say without being a <laughs> i mean um but let's read your comment repent to allah and come back to islam deep down you know islam is the truth i don't know what what those little symbols after that um I don't know why you think you know what I what I believe deep down. Do do I know what you believe? I thought I thought Islam thought Muhammad said you shouldn't dig into people's huts. I'm consistently showing you that I don't believe in Islam. I'm consistently behaving as I don't believe in Islam. I'm consist like everything is consistent ac across my my words, my actions and nothing has changed since I left Islam until now. Right, 2016, 20 was 2016 until now. It was 2015. I'm holding the same values and beliefs I've had since then. So I don't know why you're saying that. Um, you know, but but this, yeah, this is <laughs> this is um, a hilarious way of dealing with it. You know, interesting thing is okay, Alista Crowley, which I'm sure is not your real name. And you're here talking about betas and alphas. You know, the people that talk like this are most often the not alpha. Like if someone needs to go on a channel with a fake name, fake photo, doesn't have the guts to call in. And here I am live streaming, showing my face, saying what I believe and disbelieve openly. I don't give a shit what anyone thinks. And... You're here like a little clown calling people beta. Who uses this language? Incels use this language. You know what I'm saying? Like this is like loser, losers use this language. Beta male. Oh, you beta male. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm a sigma. I don't know what that means. Yeah, this beta, alpha, sigma, gamma, omega. I don't know. I, and sometimes these losers, they 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 don't they don't have any substance. So like, you know, it's like you ask them to call in, and they'll like come and they'll like say something stupid, like 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 yeah, beta male or something. Like they don't have any anything of substance to. And you know, it's funny when you comment on certain people's uh, posts. <laughs> oh, I should show you guys this post. It's actually, let me show you this post. Hold on. <laughs> uh, Daniel, I, I commented on Daniel Hakikaju's post, and actually, a lot of people got mad at me. Uh, and but the but the responses were so pathetic. <laughs> They're all like you can see, like you can see what type of people these are. Right? Okay, can I can I share my screen here? One second. Okay, so uh, Daniel Hakikaju shared. Oh wait, am I? Oh, wait, I have to stop sharing first. One second. Um, he shared a picture of a, a premature baby, right? And basically, he's talking about pro-life and all that, right? So hold on. Let me just quickly show you what I'm saying. So he had this thing where he's saying, you know, he's, you know, basically, he's saying, you know, basically, he supports Roe with, you know, the ban on abortions or whatever. Right? Not the ban, but like, and he's saying, you know, this little premature baby managed to turn into this beautiful boy. Right. And basically the, the saying he's saying that, you know, a lot of people are told the baby won't survive. But look at look at this example. 
and he said, mashallah, what a blessing, chillin'. And I'm like, mashallah for science. Because the fact is that this is only possible because of science. And you should see the butthood comments. Nobody is responding. I mean, other than this one. But like most of the comments are just like, haha, solid rock, man. Oh, beta, man. Like it, they're so pathetic. These are the people like, oh, you Chad, masculine, blah, blah, blah. And um, it's just like, this is the type of comments you get from losers. And these are the people that follow Daniel Hakikaju. <laughs> it's like, like that's your response, beta male. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it's 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 just it's just so pathetic. And you can tell based on who you're following, uh, who comments that that um, this is like um, you you can see what type of followers people have based on the comments that they leave. I, I thought that was pretty telling. Um, yeah. So anyhow. So in conclusion, progress will take more time for certain hives. Yeah, exactly. It's it's going to take time, but I think things are going in the right direction. We just have to keep on it, keep at it, and um, you know things will get better, right? I'm and so Talon says I'm closeted ex-Muslim. Hope you're doing well, Abdullah. Yes, I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Actually, this is a funny comment. Funny comment. Islam is a beta religion. You know, I actually made a video when I. I responded to Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate is is quite a comedian. He's he's a boxer, but he's a comedian. He's actually a comedian. And Islam is very much a religion for betas. And the reason I say that, what what they call betas, is because it it entitles the man. It's a it's a male entitlement religion. It's a religion that puts the man fragile masculinity at the top of the peak of the hierarchy you demand sex from your wife or angels will curse her you know she's not allowed to go out without your permission or talk to anyone without your permission like the reason why daniel Haki daniel Hakiju is one of these people too and his followers tend to be this intersection of toxic males that like they're like they they eat up this stuff andrew tate another testosterone head he eats up this stuff because he's like, yeah, women have to respect the husbands in Islam, right? Um, never mind that men can beat the wives. And yeah, he probably likes that too, right? Like these people are so insecure about their own sexuality. And I think Muhammad was top of that. He was like so insecure about his, his wives cheating on him. Even when, you know, that thing happened with Aisha. You can see from the story, he had no clue. I mean, he felt like she probably did cheat on him. I think he probably thought that, right? And Shias think he cheated, she cheated on him. But, you know, the Quran says she didn't. So that's how he got out of that situation. So, I mean, that's, that's the fact that Islam caters to fragile masculine men. It truly does. Because it doesn't respect women's rights. It doesn't respect the rights of choice, consent. None of that stuff exists in Islam. It's just like... You know, and, and the funny thing is, um, the funny thing is that people like, uh, what's his name? I was going to say Intel Smiles, Introverted Smiles. Introverted Smiles and people like him, they, like he actually went back to Islam. He's a prime example of this because he's like, as an atheist, I have to compete with other men based on my looks, my status and blah, blah, blah. 
I'd rather just compete on taqwa, meaning I'm uh, some I'm hoping, you know, he was hoping some woman would marry him based on the fact that he's a righteous, righteous Muslim. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. I mean, you need more than just being righteous. You need to have some desirable characteristics unless someone's going to arrange a marriage for you, which is pretty common in the Muslim community, right? Um, doesn't respect the rights of dogs. Muhammad was definitely beta. Um, yeah, I'm constantly drinking fluids, so I'm. This is kind of off topic, but yeah, I've like the other comment was saying I lost a lot of weight. So part of the way that I stay full is I drink Coke Zero, and I have lots of water. So this is one way of tricking the body into feeling full, uh, because you know it's a constant fight. A body's a a bread for survival. They wanna they wanna get fat. They want to store the fat for emergencies. They don't know that I'm living in a world of abundance. I can just like, <laughs> I can pick up my phone and I can call and get like a burger delivered, like a, a sliced up uh, cow with a piece of pig on it with some fruits and veggies on a bun. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like McDonald's sandwich. I can like instantly get that on my phone without any effort. But back then we didn't evolve for that. We evolved for like, Here's some berries. Here's some apples. Eat them. Take the sugar. Convert it to fat. Now it's like we have like massive amounts of processed sugar. And so um, point is, yeah, drink lots of fluids. It's good for you. Yeah. And, and basically, yeah, going back to the, the whole, um, I'm going to go back to what does beta mean? Beta is, um, is a way of, so basically, it refers to like the idea that among dogs and among wolves, there's like an alpha, meaning like the leader of the pack. So <clears throat> this is like incel terminology that's used in red pill terminology that someone that's alpha is someone that's a leader. But like, you know, what do what do alpha people do? Alpha people are leaders. Do they do they sit behind other people's uh, anonymous pictures and comment anonymously on people's YouTube, or are they on camera, facing the audience, speaking to them, being themselves, becoming leaders, earning good salaries, like like you know what I mean, like having families, like doing all the shit that real men do? What what which one is it, right? Like you can clearly tell who the alpha is, and and. Real alpha men don't go around bragging about I'm alpha, I'm alpha. Like that's what losers do. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, anyways, um, beta beta means basically you're like submissive, more feminine as a man. Um, maybe even I don't know, gay. Maybe I don't know, gay would count. But like, yeah, basically you're more feminine, weak. You're like, um, you don't, you're not a leader. You don't take action for yourself. You're, you're usually told what to do. You're not the boss. Um, another word they use is simping. So you're like always sucking up to women. You know, you don't put your own, you don't, you don't put your own needs ahead of anyone else's ever, even if, you know, that you need to, you, you're, you're the typical, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways of describing it. That's what it means. It's a lot of this stuff. If you don't know what it is, you should just be glad because it's, <laughs> it's just like, Toxic and useless, right? Um, stress can make people eat more. Drinking water is a smart move. Yeah, some people, <laughs> but it's the burger halal. <laughs> the halal, yeah, I guess you can get, there's a place called Hero Burger here. Oh my God, Hero Burger is, okay, Elias is going to get blocked now because he's just being a loser. I'm going to, I'm going to show up, show his comment one more time because just to show what a loser he is, like 
this guy put his comment over and over again. Like, how do you think anyone's going to get convinced when you're harassing and like annoying people? How is this going to convince anyone to want to listen to you? Nobody's going to want to listen to you if you act like this. I mean, I don't need to tell you manners, but like, you're just annoying people and people are just going to get like, you know, fed up. Uh, anyways, please block him because he's being a, an annoying brat. <laughs> um, okay. Let me just uh, read the comments. Animals are moral and intelligent. I know it's long and know what to know it's long to fornicate with the young. Guess which group of species believe it's perfectly normal to fornicate with the young, including those enslaved. So, um, that's not totally true. Animals do all sorts of weird things, man. Like, I don't think they have, there's no consent. There's no idea of consent. But there is some rudimentary um, forms of morality among animals. You can call it that. Like altruism. Like they will sacrifice themselves sometimes for like others, for the group. Uh, oh, thanks, John, for banning him. Um, <laughs> uh, Elias is expressing his cognitive dissonance. I know. It's like, you know, it's like you're welcoming. I mean, even I've told my, my mods, like John, like, let people talk if they're Muslim. I don't mind. Like, we're, we're happy to welcome people. <laughs> but, like, you just, like, you take an invitation and you just be, like, a, a dick. It's not going to help, right? Like, anyways, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I, I wouldn't be so moments can't handle civility. I, I think that's a little bit unfair and that's a little bit almost bigoted to say that. You know what I mean? There's lots of respectable, fair um, people. And I, I got distracted. But yeah, the point is, humans, you're right. We humans do, I mean, I was just thinking recently, I was talking to my son about this, that isn't it funny that only humans can be tricked? I mean, I think it's in Sapiens that he said something to the effect that only humans can be, like, you'll never find an animal that be willing to give up his banana today for the promise of a banana in the next life. But you have people that are willing to blow themselves up today for the promise of, like, hoodies in the next life, that no other animal does that. Only we we have this unique cognition to a level that no other animal does. That we can, you know, you can we can ponder our own deaths and existences, and we can have existential crises and crises. Yet at the same time, we have people that will blow themselves up, right, because of an imaginary next life. But like, yeah, so that is something unique about us humans. That's uniquely bad. Oh hell yes, love healer burgers. Yeah, I do love. I love beef way too much. It's just uh, unfortunate because I would love to. Um, I would. I wish it was. Uh, I wish we had some alternative meat sources that were like vegan because I do feel bad for eating meat, but I I do also feel it's one of the best, easiest forms of protein to digest. And I'm actually like, I'm getting fit and I'm eating meat, so I feel bad, but it's it's helping me. Like I'm. It's working, <laughs> working well for me. Uh, Stasikas says, yeah, animals are in a great comparison. Animals do some weird shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so true. Animals do the craziest things. Like a, like a male lion, when it comes and takes over a pride, like the old alpha, oh, back to alphas, the old alpha male is kicked out because he's not strong enough to defend himself. And uh, what happens is he will murder the the children of the previous um like previous male the previous king right the, i don't know king whatever alpha whatever 
he'll go and murder all of them. So they have to run away because they'll get like murdered because it's not his offspring. I, I remember Joe Logan mentioned that I forget some sort of chimp or something will actually do the same thing. It will abort the child of its so that it can copulate again or something. There's some crazy stuff, which is problematic for people that believe God designed all these things, right? Because, yeah. Um, Zane Shahs became a YouTube member of the channel. Welcome, man. Welcome. Thank you for joining. Um, someone's asking something. I want to take a look. LegacyQuran.com slash. Someone's asking, can I look up? Okay. Okay, so. Yeah, sure. I can share this. It's kind of like a. Okay, whatever. Sure. Let me share this. Let me share this uh, screen here. Share. Share screen. Window. So unfall. Okay. So unfall. Oh, it's not on the screen. Sorry. <clears throat> okay. Remember when you remember when you Lord inspired to the angels, I'm with you. So strengthen those who believe. I will cast hell into the hearts of those who disbelieve. So strike upon them next and strike them from every fingertip. So I'm curious what you think about this and why you asked me to bring it up. I'm curious. Uh, what is the point of this verse? So interestingly, a lot of people don't realize that this ayah is actually ordering the angels what to do. Read it carefully. It's actually telling the angels what to do. So this, this example is like, it shows that I don't even know if I should say it. It shows that a certain God, Allah, is a terrorist. I don't even know if I can say that, but like, that's what it says right there. Like, I will cast terror. That's the word for terrorism right there in the Quran. So maybe that's a good example. But like, just so, just to clarify, this is actually speaking to angels. <laughs> Brutal angels bent. <laughs> uh, Oh man. Uh, okay. Um, okay. So that that's enough of that verse. I mean, that I think that was what you wanted me to discuss. So I discussed it. I'm really into the tall ceiling room. Your man, a man is always in. This is is this? Are you talking about my background? This is this is not a real background. It's a green screen. You can kind of see the green, a little bit. Um, and I have a light that's shining above my head. So um, that is what it is just to be honest that's, that's i'm 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 i stream from my uh my my streaming room is in my basement and it's a non-finished basement so at at the moment even though we're going to move soon um rolling man is saying i thought you were vegetarian unfortunately not i've tried a couple of times and i keep giving up especially now that i've started doing the working out and stuff it's just too it's just very difficult not to eat meat because it's such an easy source of high quality protein i mean i have i also supplement with whey protein <clears throat> i also have um sometimes uh like rice and rice protein and uh pea protein but they don't digest as well i find than the meat right okay Alrighty. so yeah this is this is a funny comment gruesome angels i remember my mortal combat three days i did finish him right you get a chance to finish him yeah that's pretty funny okay um next question 
if you believe in Darwin's theory of evolution, can you still believe in God? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why not? I don't um I don't know why not. I mean, you the the issue is I, I there's a bit of a problem with believing in um Adam and Eve, <clears throat> but just believing in God, yeah, absolutely. Why not? And um there is someone's asking, oh yeah. So I haven't made a video about this, about the animal kingdom, but I did make something else, which is, let me see if I can find it. Had an article about this. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. Found it. I'll share my screen. So I have an article on my blog about this, which is the watchmaker argument for God. And and I, I talk about the, the cruelty the suffering in humanity, in nature, in animal kingdom. And uh, so, yeah, I do have that. That That's that's my, you know. Okay. All right, we're coming up to two hours. So we'll finish off soon. Yeah, Allah is telling the angels to send those who believe. The angels apparently do... Um, supposed to help people and you know help in battles but apparently they don't show up anymore which is kind of funny <laughs> animals also get the protein from the plants yeah that's true it's kind of like pre-processed right uh pre-processed i don't know some it feels like some people are just obsessed with me i see some really silly comments in here i don't know what this guy's talking about Dude, show your face before you start talking shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. Shah is saying, have you considered the position that the Hadith have corrupted Islam? Uh, I don't know what you mean by that. Like, are you a Quranist or something? Personally, I think it's pretty, pretty clear that the issues that exist in the Hadith also exist in the Quran, but just there's just less of them, but the issues are still there. The issue of two witnesses for one woman versus one for a man. The issue of inheritance the issue of beating your wife the issue of messed up made up stories like gog and magog and the dolkanin and the issues of copy pasting mythology that doesn't fit into islam from christianity and judaism this is just like this like there's no reason to believe that you know hadith corrupted islam islam is already corrupt i mean i don't want to say corrupt islam is just false no matter what Right. Okay. There is strong proof proof that Adam and Eve really lived. There's no strong proof that Adam and Eve really lived. There's no genetic evidence for Adam and Eve. And I will quote from a leading biologist. I will just share my screen again. And it and it, it's oh, let me make it bigger. Okay. So basically. Um, I have this on my blog as well. So basically, you have this Muslim lady here that says that Adam and Eve is just a myth. I know you're not Muslim, but anyways. And Jay Coyne says, scientific evidence shows that Adam and Eve could not have existed, at least in the way they're portrayed in the Bible. Genetic data show no evidence of any human bottleneck as small as two people. There's simply too many different kinds of genes around for that to be true. There may have been a couple of bottlenecks, 
in the history of our species, but the smallest one not involving recent colonization is a bottleneck of roughly 10,000 to 15,000 individuals that occurred between 50 to 100,000 years ago. That's as small a population as our ancestors had. And note, it's not two individuals. And there's another comment here. Further looking at different genes, we find that they trace back to different times in our past. Okay? Mitochondrial DNA, which is a part of the DNA which comes from the mother, can be traced back to our mothers to the genes in that organelle tracing, sorry, points to the genes in that organelle tracing back to a single female ancestor who lived about 440,000 years ago. But the genes on the Y chromosome trace back to one male who lived about 60,000, 90,000 years ago. So we do have a common father and a common mother, but they're like at different places along the ancestry. They're not, there was no man and woman that made it and made all of us. It's just, that's just not what happened. We know this because we can trace the genealogy. We have we have evidence we can see with a it's like literally visible now through science we can actually go inside a history and we can understand why do you think when you do a genetic test it can tell you like all of these things that you can you can you can understand like i'm like there's a there's a chain of data going back and and so if yeah if you're talking about mito, um, mitochondrial eve and x chromosomal adam that's not the first two people that's totally different as imran said that's not Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve is a mythology. It's it's people that didn't know better, trying to figure out what happened. Why is it? I mean, every one of us has a mom and dad, so there must have been a first mom and dad. It sounds simple, but it's totally wrong. Fine-tuning is proof that there's a creator. Um, it depends what you mean by fine-tuning. If you mean the universe is fine-tuned for life, the universe is not fine-tuned for life. The universe is fine-tuned for black holes, as Aran Ra would say. The universe barely has life in it as far as we can tell we're the only example of life it took five billion years for us to come about before that there's we can't we have no evidence of any life we haven't seen any other life in the universe if you're talking about the fine tuning of the universe itself i highly recommend you check out this article by richard carrier which he oh here we go beautiful i want to share my screen one more time do 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 boom Literature Carrier has an article, Why the Fine-Tuning Argument Proves God Does Not Exist. And I'm, it's, it's a technical article. It's a bit long, but I'm going to summarize it for you. If God really existed, why would he need to, why would there need to be very particular variables that need to be fixed, such as a strong nuclear force, a weak nuclear force, blah, 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 blah. Why do these need to be very precise? Whereas if God did it, he could have just made everything 100% just, just the way it is. Like you can read it if you want to read in more detail. Do read the article. I'll post the link right now. Um, but like the point is, fine tuning makes it look like there's no god. Not that there is a god. It makes it look like it's more random. Like things just happen because of things happening. Right? You know what I'm saying? There's no way. Town is saying there's no way the entire universe is fine tuned for life. We die in seconds in a vacuum of space without proper equipment. Usually, when people say fine tuning is a good argument for God, what they mean is they mean the universe's variables but yeah this is a great point uh also we only have a sample size of one when it comes to the universe it's also the problem of if there's other universes without that are not fine-tuned for life we would never know because we didn't like we didn't exist in those universes right uh and heidi thank you very much for the super sticker appreciate it okay um 
going to try to keep up with the comments. Give me one second to go to the comments. Stasika says, I have a problem with this kind of article, though, because these articles are defining what the God the debunking has to be like. But who says a being has to be like what any religion article says? So the reason he does that, the reason he defines this is what I mean by God is because usually we're talking about what's, what classical theism refers to. A classical theist God is God that's omnipresent, omnipotent, omni, whatever, 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 right? The classical God. Because if you talk about deism, a God that not that doesn't intervene and whatever, 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 there's kind of like no point talking about that God. And, and so in order to set the argument properly, we have to put our presumptions on the table. These are my assumptions. We're talking about Allah or, you know, Jehovah or whatever. And based on that, we can discuss now because at least otherwise what happens is you just have shifting goalposts, right? You you start talking about God and like, actually, my God doesn't uh, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you can just move around. So it's it's definitely, you know, it's it's not. Yeah. So fine tune for life equals Goldilocks zone. That's the same thing that it's kind of this kind of two ways of always looking at it, right? You can either say that, oh, my God, like we're, we just happen to be in the right place. Therefore, we're in the Goldilocks zone, which is the light. God put us in the right spot where life could exist, meaning, you know, so many kilometers away from the sun and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. If that's the case. I mean, that's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is is like, you know, like the puddle says, Oh my God, this, this hole was perfectly designed for me, right? But it's actually the other way around. The puddle exists because of the hole, not the hole was made for the puddle. So out of the billion, billion, billion planets, there's going to be some planets in the right place. And in the 10, 13 billion years the universe has existed, throw the dice enough times. And I think what's going to happen is what happened. I think people like we exist because of, the fact that there's billion billion stars and some of those billion billion stars ended up having life on them so that's what i think i mean i think that makes more sense than god but i mean you're most welcome to believe in god too it's just that a god that sent revelation yeah i highly doubt it highly doubt it so um so yeah going back to this comment i think literature carriers dealt with a lot of debates and stuff so that's why he started off with assumptions about what god is um, the star seeker, the universe is not nice at all about the farthest thing from easy to understand and logical as one can get. Exactly. As look at quantum mechanics. It's just like hilarious, right? It's like, <laughs> if you understand it, you don't understand it because you can't understand it, right? Um, Adam and Eve's kids found mates. I wonder how they did that. Yeah, this, the story of Adam and Eve just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm I'm going backwards in the comments, so I don't know if this is referring to Adam and Eve saying I did this is misinformation about the genetics, the genetic bottleneck. That's misinformation. I don't know if that's what you're referring to, but this is uh, I'm quoting a biologist here. Like this is this is not this is a uh, Richard Coin, and there's actually the funny thing is if you go back. You should you should watch her video if you're a Muslim or not a Muslim. But anyways, she's a she's a theist that believes in evolution, and I was amazed to hear like she's like hundred percent certain evolution is real. So is this guy. So is this guy. He's also a thesis professor at the University of Toronto, also a theist, believes in God. They all believe in evolution because they 
they've studied it. <laughs> it's not something you can deny. The evidence is too powerful, right? So I don't know. I hope you're not talking to me and saying that this is misinformation. Um, but there was another funny comment. This is so true. Adam was a golem turned human. Yes, exactly. He's a golem. He's made out of clay, blowed into and came to life, right? Uh, okay. Here's another hilarious comment. Shaz says, apparently God and angels stopped assisting Muslims in conflict countries since the invention of Kamala. You know, the sad thing is that um, a lot of people were deluded enough to think that ISIS was on, God was on, Allah was on ISIS's side and they joined ISIS and they realized that they're in a shithole. <laughs> this is not God's khalifa, caliphate. This is some bunch of lunatics and they, they ended up in those lunatics, right? Among those lunatics. So, yeah, it's it's unfortunate that people fall for this, right? And it's just sad. I mean, I'm glad I'm not in that situation anymore. Um, there's no evidence, no evidence angel killed humans, exactly. <laughs> um, Adam and Eve lived in different parts of Africa for thousands of years between them. Yeah, exactly. Okay. E... I hope I didn't miss any. Okay, I'm I'm gonna quickly see if I any more comments before I end that are worth discussing. Thanks again, Heidi, for super chat. Appreciate it. Uh, super sticker, I mean. What else? Alien theory? Yeah, it's possible aliens. Yeah, I mean, even though I think you're joking here, but there is a theory called panspermia or something that life originated outside of Earth and came here. It doesn't solve the problem of abiogenesis. But like it is, um, it is possible that this didn't happen, right? Uh, on Earth, what happened somewhere else? My team, this uh, Chulbul is a um, Indian ex-Muslim. My team runs a few ex-Muslim channels on YouTube. We have a lot of great content, Hindi and Urdu. So feel free to check out his content there. Okay, uh, alright. Starseeker is responding to my comment about Richard Carrier defining God. That's true, but then that pulls the carpet out from someone like me because now I can't say the word God. I got to figure out some way to explain how I reckon there's something bizarre there. I mean, you can just call it God, deistic God. I, I think the de deism is a respectable position. I honestly believe that. I believe deism is a respectable position. I am not deist. I am atheist. But I think... Deism is a respectable position. If you believe in a God created, then by all means, there's nothing wrong with that. You call God for his power, whatever. Cameras are not just anti-angel, anti-angel, anti-devil, anti-magic, anti-all anti nonsense, right? Cameras is just like, although there is Photoshop, so, you know, touche there. <laughs> We are heading towards a good direction when creation story is slowly abandoned and interpreted. Yes, this is what I was trying to say. Yes, this is what I was trying to say, guys. This is reform right here. This is reform. You don't want to admit it, but this is exactly reform. This is, I mean, this is not mainstream, not yet, but it's getting there. It's getting there, right? It's getting there. It's getting there. And I'm, I really do appreciate that. Okay. Scientists were able to make self-replicating DNA in a lab to support some parts of abiogenesis. Yeah, we don't have DNA yet, and I don't know if we ever... Uh, Dawkins, in his book, The um, Blind Watchmaker, explains that 
you know, the fact that there is no life other than us explains why it's so difficult to recreate this process. It's, it's, it has to be difficult. Otherwise, we'd see life everywhere. The fact that we don't see life everywhere is, is a further indication that, yeah, probably, and here, of course, probably life is very difficult to stir. Whatever, whatever caused life to stir, however it happened, lightning bolt and mix of whatever it was, I mean, even the conditions of the universe have changed. So our universe today is very different than the universe back then had more oxygen or whatever, right? Um, John Stotman says, as, as an agnostic deist, I thank you. You're most welcome. Like I said, I, being deist or atheist, I think they're both good positions. I'm atheist, but yeah, deism is a good position too. Okay. He was saying about his previous comment about uh, angels. Uh, sorry, aliens come. All these positions are going to kick down. Okay, I didn't see that comment. Sorry. Camera, camera evidence is inadmissible under Sharia. Yeah, camera is funny because the the Quran, the Quran is um, my dog, doggy is here. The Quran always talks about witnesses, not evidence. So it's funny because it always talks about witnesses, right? It's Muslim teacher in Toronto has good videos on evolution. Which who is that? If you can mention the name. Okay. Oops. Okay, I don't think the evidence. Wow, I don't think the ev evidence for evolution was that strong. Okay, I'm not here to teach you biology, and I'm not an expert, but let me tell you something. The evolution. I don't even want to call it a theory. The the evidence thesis is so powerful that you can you can literally become a millionaire just by debunking this. Like, go ahead, like. There's no good evidence. Let me show you something. And I'm just going to quote Yasir Qadi. I think it's cool. I think he's cool. He made a cool comment here. Okay. He's saying, he talks about mental gymnastics and trying to make evolution fit into Islam. And at the end of it, he says that such a claim may actually make more sense logically, meaning evolution. But it leads to disastrous and blasphemous implications about Allah and the truthfulness and the function of the role of the Quran. He said clearly that the problem is that the only people that are actually even even Yasir Qadi says, and he's not he's not a scientist, but he said it's almost consensus. I'd say this consensus, right? That it's not just a theory, but it's a fact that all life we know came from a human. This is kind of wrong, common human ancestor, but he, he means whatever. You know what he means. And it's only oppositions coming exclusively from religious circles. That's it. That's in a nutshell the situation. If you want, I'll just give you one argument for evolution. I mean, I'm not even an expert. Tell me something. Why is it that when we dig into the soil, we find the fossil evidence exactly in the order of evolution? The fossil record, for example, completely bears out the divinian theory that all land vertebrates are descended from fish and mammals from bird and mammals and birds are both descended from reptiles. In other words, we find fish in early strata when there were no land vertebrates. Then later we find large blah, later we find land vertebrates as well as fish. In rocks of just the right age, we find animals transitional between fish and land vertebrates. And we find reptiles and amphibians before we find mammals or birds. There you go. This is in perfect order of evolution. Why is that? Why is it when you go down in the deeper, older soil, you don't find birds down there. You find 
these simple whatever these things are and when you go up you start finding mammals as it's it's like it's like god is trying to trick us or something like what the hell is that like and 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 even dawkins said it beautifully if fossils of living things were found randomly in all ages of rocks with rabbits birds and flowering plants in the earliest strata evolution itself would have to be abandoned it is a fact that literally nothing you could remotely call a mammal has ever been found in Devonian rock or any oldest stratum. They are not just statistically rare, they literally never occur. Boom. Evolution is, in other words, falsifiable and therefore scientific mic drop. Good luck. Just, 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 just debunk this one thing for me. And I will abandon evolution and you can become the next multimillionaire that upsets all of biology. There's no evidence against evolution. There's just little holes they try to poke. You can't debunk this because it's... There's a reason why all, like pretty much all scientists believe in evolution. It's even you have Muslims that are acknowledging that. Even this guy... Do you believe in the theory of evolution? I tell them beliefs is theological. I don't believe in it. I accept it because it works. I mean, I'm like, I find this so profound that people just like, it's it's the best model we have. And it's, anyways. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. It's just like, I'm getting very animated here because it's just, you. why, why don't people just go to school? Like read your biology books. <laughs> it's not. It's not like this is not. This is not a secret. It's right there in your grade nine and grade ten biology books. Um, is this the best proof? This is one. This. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> um. There are there are there are examples if you just look into it i even made a video on this and i showed some examples of but anyways anyhow um i think we're getting a little bit off topic um anyways yeah i think we're going to end off soon and uh, basically going to end now but just going to leave the last couple of comments and then end the stream then the ex-muslim if you ever argued to people from the apple ecosystem you understand how these people just sit inside a building and hit their heads on the ground uh, yeah, well, Apple ecosystem or you know Android ecosystem, constant religious battle between the <laughs> between the two of them. Um, Alistair Crowley, if you're going to be abusive, then you're not welcome here. And using a fake name, fake comments, uh, not fake comments, fake name and picture, and you're just trolling. So um, you are not not welcome here. I'm I welcome people that engage in good faith. You've just been here being a D-I-C-K. <laughs> so, bye. I don't want to see you again. So, you're not welcome here, like I said. Anyways, uh, what else? I'm having so much fun now, even though no one called. But it was it's fun reading the, the comments. Anyone that doesn't accept evolution should read The Greatest Show on Earth. This is a great book. And it makes it easy to understand. Oh, man. It's, I, it's like, I, I, I can't help people that don't help themselves. Okay, look at me. I never believed in evolution as a Muslim. I just, I'm like, yeah, okay, this is some conspiracy, blah, blah. I listen to Harun Yahya. I didn't study science. I never did 
higher level of education in science. I studied economics, psychology, and other things, but I didn't do science. So I, I, I fell for it. Then when I left Islam, I left Islam without knowing about evolution. And I decided to look into evolution. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not Muslim, but maybe evolution is true, maybe not. And I'm like, let me read about it. And I'm telling you, I am so, I was so blown away by the evidence. It is crystal clear. And even Yasir Qadi admitted it. I mean, I know people here are also Christian. That's why the, they don't care what Yasir Qadi says. But the point, he made a good point that it's, it's a dogma that's getting in the way of progress here. It's not that people actually have evidence against evolution. It's the dogma. People have put this religious books on a shelf. And um, that's why, right? Um, let me just, uh, oops. I missed, uh, I missed the super chat here when I was going on about evolution. Denver Johnson said, hold on, where is your comment? Oh, dear. Okay, Denver comment, gave a $10 super chat. Thank you, Denver. And said, great stuff, Abdullah. I hope you can join some debates or podcasts. Appreciate it. I have done a few podcasts. Um, I haven't done much debates. And I can't find your comment now, unfortunately. It seems to have disappeared. No. Okay. Anyways, I appreciate, appreciate the donation, brother. Oh, here it is. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate the donation. Thank you so much. And um, haven't done much debates, actually. I did one on my channel years ago. And I haven't really done... To be honest, I'm doing this thing part-time. I'm also I also work a full-time job. And I have a family. And debating is the next level of... requires a lot more time and to prepare and it's pretty stressful like it can get pretty stressful so i appreciate it i will try to at some point thank you so much for the donation and um <laughs> uh okay uh town we should have a conversation man you should email me abdullah.adam.gmail.com if you want to come on the channel sometime when I was Muslim, I honestly believed in evolution. I'm glad I finally left everything behind and now living my life. Yeah, good for you, man. Good for you. You believe in evolution. I was, I was unfortunately one of those uh, that didn't. I had heard Yahya a book as a kid. Now he's reading a like a sex cult and got arrested. Yeah, Yahya is a joke. I can't believe I fell for that. Oh man, um, Chobul, You know, with all due respect, uh, you have to try not to be like try to be a little bit more careful how you say things because it, it comes across as bigoted. When you say mu'mins don't believe in evolution because they're stuck in the 7th century, you sound like you're talking about everybody. The, this guy, like, this Muslim guy just said, when I was a Muslim, I believed in evolution. Imagine he was a Muslim on the stream right now and he's leading a comment. Mu'mins don't believe in evolution because they're stuck in the 7th century. I mean, I know what you're saying, but it comes across as hateful. It comes across as bigoted because you're kind of like painting everyone with a broad brush. Right? Let's not let's not talk like that about people. Right? Let's not let's not go and make my statement is for mu'mins, not Muslims. What does that mean? What is mu'mins? Mu'mins is believers? But What's the difference between a mu'min and a Muslim to you? What's the difference? Because clearly Muslims, was he not a mu'min? Is mu'min just a code word for like bashing Muslims? Like what does that mean? I mean, I know some people say Abduls, 
Mu'mins are a low-class Muslims here in India. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay, I did not know that. <laughs> Do they call themselves Mu'mins? Is that what... Okay, see, that's not what he meant. Mu'mins is blind followers of Muhammad. So basically... Basically, you're being a bigot, man. I'm sorry, but I, I don't condone making comments like that. Right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm going to again show when I was a Muslim, I honestly believe in evolution. There's people like him and there's people like you that are making borderline bigoted comments. Mu'mins don't believe in evolution because they're stuck in the 7th century. I mean, you what you've done is instead of saying Muslims, because what you mean is Muslims, but you said Mu'mins. Mu'mins another way of saying Muslims without saying Muslims, so that you get it's you get out of jail card, right? It's like you take you took a group of people and instead of using the official title, it's like saying Abduls. Abduls don't believe in evolution because they're stuck in the seventh century. Hey Abdul, I don't even like calling people Abduls because it's the same thing. You're just using a code word for Muslims, right? Um, you're not a bigot, but you need to change the word used in style. And I agree. Like maybe it's a language thing. I don't know if this is your friend, your uh, first language or not. But like, I don't condone these type of statements because the the too broad stroke. We don't need to make broad stroke comments about entire billions of people, right? Like, let's be specific. Some Muslims don't believe in. Some Muslims are stuck in the seventh century. Sure, right? Um. It's true. When you talk about Islam from an Islamic perspective, mu'min means a believer. That's what it means. But that's not what he means. Right? It's not what he means. He means Muslims, basically. Right? Uh, Imran's asking, do you have any Muslim sects that accept... I actually, I don't know anything about Shiism. I don't. Unfortunately, I left Ismailism. I, like Khalil obviously believes in evolution. Ismailis don't have an issue with that. So yeah, I would say they have no problem with that. But like, yeah, obviously Sunni Muslims, some of them do, some don't. The biggest problem, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm keep jumping topics. Sorry. The biggest problem is that is with Adam and Eve. That's the biggest problem, and it, you end up having to make this this move where you say that Adam and Eve is a myth. You have to say that. There's no way around it. Like you can't get out of that. So that's why she's saying that she's a she's a scholar. She's a professor of biology, right? So she's She's a, she's a PhD in molecular biology. So she understands there's no way out of it. So what does she do? She says, well, Adam and Eve is not, it's just a myth. It's just a story. Like that's, that's the move you have to make, right? Unfortunately, right? Uh, okay. So um, I think that's, uh, yeah, as John Stockman saying, th thinking in terms of generalization is not the way forward. And it it's, it just comes across so crass. It comes across as us versus them. Like I came from an us versus them mentality. I came from a Mu'min, you know, Muslim, non-Muslim. Why we don't want to continue that um, process of you know us versus them. Mu'mins are like that. You know, I, I, you know, one of the things that annoy me the most is also when Muslims do it. When Muslims say, "Hey, look, first hijabi to to win a chess tournament." Like seriously. Like, oh my God, like, does it matter that she's a hijabi? Like, why is that like such a big deal? Or oh, first Muslim, blah, 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 blah. 
like okay we're all canadian or we're all american or we're all human why do you want why do you go and create your little group there and say oh first muslim to do this like first muslim do that it's stupid right it's just like i, I hate it on both sides right and beach has an excellent point if you want to learn look up aran raz he's studied evolution and this topic and he debated subur ahmed watch the debate <laughs> like subur is basically he's doing this pokey pokey thing right they don't give us a better model they they have no evidence for adam and eve so they do this pokey pokey thing where they try to poke holes in evolution but they don't they don't start from the base which is give me a better model what better model do you have than evolution you don't have one evolution is the best model so like good luck to you if you're against that like you know what i mean like all you can do is try to poke holes and say well in this particular situation maybe this doesn't quite make sense and if you look at the he has a channel i'll even plug his channel darwinian doubts that's exactly what he does he tries to poke little holes but anyways watch the debate between aran ra and subway ahmed and you will see that like this is like a career like islam islam this is like islam Islam for Khalil guy doing this. Like he has to do this because he doesn't know any other way, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know why you're saying Alan is a liar, caught lying so many times about the Bible. He's he's pretty much open-minded and he has people on his channel all the time. I've never heard him lie. Uh, so I don't know why you're saying that. But anyways, we're talking about evolution here, not the Bible, but whatever. Uh, oh, I should have him on the channel. I never thought about that, duh. I should have him on the channel. Um, evolution was brought up by early Muslim scientists as well. I've heard this as well, but nothing was quite, um, yeah, nothing was quite elusive. Nothing was elucidated quite as well as Darwin, which is why like it caught on fire, right? And he's given credit for that, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Quran is stuck in the seventh century, and Chulbul, yeah, not to make an example out of you, you like things can be misinterpreted. Just be a little bit more careful how you say things. Um, Muhammad believers are Muslim. Like if you say Muhammad believers, I mean every Muslim believes in Muhammad. Every Muslim is a mu'min if you use Islamic terminology. Mu'min just means believer, right? That's what it means. You can't be a Muslim and not be a mu'min. Muslim is someone that submits. Mu'min is someone that believes. So how would you submit if you don't believe? It's both are equivalent. It's just different terms for the same thing, right? But again, I think it's being used. I'm just going to be honest. I think you're using it as a slur, right? Um, Daniel Johnson says, Would love, thank you for the super chat, brother. Would love to see you do a podcast with Hazrat Sultan and Nuria Khan. Hopefully, you can surprise us also. And yeah, sounds good. I will talk to them to organize that. I've been on Hazrat Sultan's channel multiple times, he's been on my channel multiple times. We have we go way back, even when he threw me under the bus for Robert Spencer. I, I forgave him for that because Robert Spencer then threw him under the bus. I'm not gonna let him forget that, but yeah, we're still good, very good buddies. and. Um, I had him on my channel to debate, um, what's his name, Nadir Ahmed. On uh, He debated him on my channel. Um, he We spoke about Asadullah on my channel and some of the things he was talking about. I don't know if I've been on Hal Sultan's channel. Um, maybe I have many years ago. But yeah, for, we're, we're good buddies. And Nuria, I haven't spoken to her just yet. Um, yeah, this is a funny thing too. Subul Ahmed is not even original in his reputation moment. He's plagiarizing everything from the Christian apologists. <laughs> Um, yeah, and John Stratman says Aaron Ra doesn't lie, although he could be mistaken about things. Yeah, sure. Darwin believed in eugenics. Um, okay, but I don't take him as a prophet, right? He's not my prophet. I'm just taking his 
what he what he demonstrated to be true, which is evolution, right? The the eugenics is like a it's a morality issue. It's not a science issue. It's it's like you 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 ascribing now values onto certain things. You're saying we should, for example, Hitler also believed in eugenics and you wanted to create the super race or whatever. Chinese government is doing research on this too. We know this. They're working on this stuff, um, but. It doesn't matter because they, they were men, they were flawed men, they're not prophets for us, they, they made mistakes and we we can reject the mistakes that they made. And plus, it's his, that was his moral calculation or moral compass. Back then, I mean, things were messed up, like people's values were not as good as they are today. We've, we've, we're enlightened now much more than before. I mean, that's what I believe. I believe that we're much more humanistic, we're much more kind, we're much more tolerant, you know? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I keep getting dragged into this. Natural selection is not evolution. Oh, what do you mean? Natural selection is a process of how evolution happens. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Uh, um, did you know that Ibn Khaldun, Muslims calls in 1300? So, so when I so let me show you guys something. This this thing here. Uh, where's my mouse? These these are uh, discussions here, right? And this this Islamic perspective by Yasser Qadi, all of this was from a conference done by the Dean Institute. I don't think the Dean Institute exists. And there was Osama, uh, Osama, Doctor Osama Hassan, who made who tried to make this argument from the same conference, and then he was debating Yasser Qadi on evolution in Islam. And Yasser Qadi basically destroyed Doctor Osama Hassan with his arguments here saying that there's just too much evidence in the Islam in Islam that goes against evolution. There's just too much evidence in Islam. Too much. So the scholars, there were Islamic scholars, I think, I'm sure, that made some sort of comments about evolution, sort of. But again, nobody did it as clearly as Darwin in his book, right? Nobody did it as clearly as him, which is why it, it caught on fire, right? Um, I'm kind of curious what what what's going on here about the natural selections and evolution? I'm gonna see if any if this is a response. Uh, I'm gonna keep reading and uh, oh, where do you find that genetic bottleneck article? Yeah, it's on friendlyxmuslim.com/evolution, and I linked to um, just go there and you can find the references of where I got that from. Uh, I seems like I missed some comment here. Uh, yeah, eugenics is, is literally Captain America. <laughs> wasn't Captain America done? Was was it just eugenics, or was it wasn't he like injected with some? I don't know, man. I'm probably people are probably like uh, saying I'm blaspheming Captain America now because I don't know Captain America. Okay. Okay, Imran clearly understands his shit, which is good. Good stuff, man. Uh, Revelation 20, 22.13, Please read a book. I highly recommend. It's called Open a Book and read a book and uh <laughs> you will find the answers god has revealed the answers in biology 101 <laughs> just read the book and you will understand it's not complicated it's easy to understand if you do some research and just to be clear about the eugenics thing um I don't. I wasn't acknowledging or disacknowledging that he believed in evolution. I'm just saying, if in eugenics, if he did promote eugenics, that doesn't. It doesn't matter to me. He's not my prophet, right? So, 
yeah, it's too late to discuss this uh, topic now because we're just ending the live stream. Wow, went on longer than I thought. But yeah, we did hear about this. There's some there's some rumors going around now that the guy was a BJP member, which is bizarre. I don't want to talk about it because I don't know details, so I'll just not. I'll just stay aside. Stay. Stay clear of the topic until the evidence comes out. Um, will I do a stream with, with ex-Hindus? Yeah, ex-Hindus of India. Uh, I forget what the channel is called. They've been asking me to have a conversation with them. And I, I apologize. I haven't got a chance. It's just been like, like I just, I didn't even, I was planning to do this a couple hours ago. And then I had to go take my daughter to the park and then take my kids to the movies. And oh my God, it's just like, I just finally found time to do the stream at, 7 30 at night and that's when i did it so i mean i didn't have a chance to schedule anything because i've been busy with other stuff so you know that's that's what happened so yeah exactly so it wasn't just eugenics captain was injected with the super soldier formula i was right so i didn't blaspheme captain america <laughs> um yeah imran you like it's like talking to a brick wall because these people are not interested in learning if if someone wants to reject evolution after studying it great Okay, good luck to you. But like, if you just haven't studied it and you just like keep strawmanning it, it's, there's no point talking to people like that. But that's why I keep saying, go back to your biology books. <laughs> go back to your biology books. Go back to your biology books. You'll get the answers right there. It's it's like revelation from God. It's not it's not even revelation from God, right? Okay. Um, the guy who beheaded two Muslim men was not a BJP member. Okay, so I can show you the link that my friend sent me. Again, I don't I don't know if I should even say this because ah I'm getting dragged into this. I'm getting dragged into something and I'm not it's not confirmed. So I'm spreading rumors now. I hate that, but like just quickly show this and close this. Oh my god, so many ads. Holy, so much ads on this page. India today, I don't know if it's a live ah I'm just going to post the link. I'm not going to show it because I don't know if it's legit. Okay. All it says, India Today investigation never said. Oh, said never said he was a BJP member. Okay, I don't know the details. I could be wrong. But again, if it happened, it's believable, right? Ashok Swain posted on Twitter. He's some famous guy. Uh, the killer who killed a Hindu in the name of Islam is with the leader of the Hindu right-wing ruling party. So there's a picture of him. With the like, okay, anyways, whatever, man. I don't want to get into this. Like, I I apologize for even saying that. Yes, if these guys did that, it's not surprising. This beheading thing is is unfortunate. It's terrible, and it's not surprising. Imran, thank you for the suggestion of a blocking ads. I typically do that for when I make videos. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't believe in blocking ads because I do think that. It takes away from the creators, content creators, including myself. Um, but in general, even before that, like I don't, I, I don't use ad blockers. I, I believe if someone, if an, if a site has too much ads, just don't use it. That's fair. You don't want the service, don't use it. Um, it takes away from the content creation revenue. I do think we need some other forms of support. Like Patreon is good, so people can donate rather than having ads on the platform and whatever. But um, yeah, when I'm making videos, I, I don't like ads showing up it's annoying right so at this point in time i should be using it i i i went on a lot longer than i thought i thought i was going to end after an hour but it just kept going on and on which was good 
and it was a good conversation and i apologize for getting onto the topic of the beheading which i shouldn't have talked about because it's not confirmed and now i'm spreading rumors and i apologize for that. so just ignore what i said um let's just wait and see what the news says um if it's true obviously it's not surprising because it happens all the time and we know that you know that's this situation is is terrible but that's what extremism is right so uh anyways thanks for watching guys thanks for your support thanks for uh continuing to watch i'm going to try to do a live stream every week at least uh, i've been i'm finally getting back into streaming and all that stuff and abdullah gondel has been you know asking me when can we do the stream unfortunately it's being a little bit tough to find time that we're both available he's available during the week i'm available during the weekends and you know as you can see it's just random timings I prefer to do earlier because the UK people can't show up then and I have a lot of people in the UK that like to watch. Uh, so I'll try to do earlier next week, but I just got busy with other things during the day. And um, we were discussing, we started discussing about Aisha then we ended up talking about other things as well, evolution, some random stuff. But yeah, anyways, thanks everyone for watching. Do thumbs up the video if you liked it. Uh, check out the, um, the podcast. So I'm going to show you the, the podcast anyways uh, one more time. So YouTube, obviously... I prefer you watch on YouTube, but for your own convenience, check it out on um, the podcast app. We have all the previous co uh, conversations here. It's audio only. You can download it and listen to it on your own convenience on whatever platform you like. And um, thank you, everyone, for joining. Uh, thank you, Fla uh, Farish Ahmed. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you, L Lee Kim. I don't know how to pronounce your name. Lee Kim Nalik. Appreciate you. Uh, thanks, John, for moderating. Thanks, Beach, for coming as well. Appreciate it. And um, yeah, Abdullah Gondal, hopefully we'll do it soon. We He's ready, man. And just as a last-minute kind of comment, kind of funny, uh, Farid got uh, content. Uh, he got stru struck on YouTube. He got a strike for making a video that was uh, calling, comparing Apostate Prophet to Hitler. And he uh, he got a strike for that. He's really mad. Uh, he's really upset. And he put all his videos uh, private now. Farid Al Bahrani, uh, Gangu Telly, as he call him. So uh, it kind of it kind of puts a hamper, um, a wrench in a plans a bit because we had a bunch of clips from his channel that we wanted to show, and he put everything offline now, which is super annoying. We didn't download all of them. I wish I would have downloaded all his content. But anyways, hopefully we'll put it back up. Uh, I'm not really again in favor of censorship. Right, I do think that he's. I uh, thanks for the super chat ASDF. I, I do think that he's. Um, you know, he's so a lot of the stuff he says is vile, but I don't. I don't really support people being banned and all that stuff. So he was being a bully. He's been a bully against positive prophets from the very beginning. He finally got some just desserts, even though, again, I'm not. A, I'm not in favor of people being banned. I think there's nothing wrong with giving him a strike and giving him a warning and giving him some time off to think about what he's doing. And uh, letting him know that he's, you know, he's pushing the boundaries a bit too much. So, you know, some of us that do this, we have a thick skin. We're able to ma manage it. But it's it's not really good, right? It's not a good thing to be bullying people like that. But it's his freedom of speech. It's his right to do it. it YouTube's, it's also YouTube's freedom of speech to ban people. Although, again, I don't think they should do that. But it happened. And, you know, I'm, I'm here laughing at him because I don't like him. <laughs> and I'm glad he got a, a strike, even though, again, I support his right to free speech. I, I really do. I really do. Even though I'm, I'm going to laugh at him, okay? I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching, guys. And uh, if you missed the stream, you can catch it on the podcast. It'll be uploaded sometime tomorrow. Have a good day, a good night, and uh, see you guys next week. Bye for now.